Desk pops. Are you gonna play intro? Desk pops. Hey everybody, what's up? It's Kyle and KZ. More, yeah, more people get their voice out there, and I think they'll realize like we're all we're all the same, really. KZ decided, f let's do it. Took the bait, so here we go. Better and chat project. Where it's encouraged to not be okay all the time. But we're gonna be all right tonight, folks. What's up, everybody? It's Kyle and KZ, and we are the Better Chat Project. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, yeah, we're the Very Chat Project. Uh, we're here tonight with another uh, awesome episode. I've been excited to uh, excited to get this uh, next guest of ours on. Uh, we got Eddie Lowry in the house tonight. Eddie, what's up? What's happening? What's happening? I think I missed my first cue completely. So I just want to say what's up. No, that wasn't you. No, you're good. That was a that was a that was that wasn't you. That was me. Well, part of the, uh, the Veteran Chat Project here. I'm I'm the third the third host, and I'm here to uh, to be a guest. <laughs> And a host at the same time. So what's up, y'all? What's, what's up? up? What's, what's up, up, man? We're blessed to have you. I appreciate you coming on. Um, we talked. We talked in our recap episode about having Eddie on and uh, how excited we are. And then he even popped in. Uh, talked to our turret talks a little bit Friday night. Uh, he is what you're up in Washington, so three hours behind me and four behind him. <laughs> so yeah. the sun's still up there. We're. I'm like my kids asleep. Everyone's everyone's down for the count up here. Oh my goodness! I should I should we should have scheduled it earlier so it just be easier on you. I didn't know you had. I, I forgot about the time distance, man. No, I mean I do it at eight o'clock. So I mean it only could have been another hour. I'm up. I got the rest of the night. We just started. Just clocked in. Yeah. So yeah, man. Uh, our, what little background we have on Eddie um, is. We met him through Murdoch. Murdoch reached into a, was it the Pacific Northwest podcasters page? Uh, just said, hey, we kind of got this thing going. And Eddie was quick to jump in and be like, hey, what do you guys need as far as, you know, support? Um, shoot, get yourself on a different podcast platform. He's the one that kind of urged us over to Spotify. Uh, stop spending money on other sites. Uh, and then that was kind of the first, you know, big bomb that he dropped on us as, uh, you know, you can do this all for free if you want to. And that was great. We did stick with Riverside because I like to click this button right here every once in a while. Powered by Riverside FM. Cause I'm paying them for it and they're doing it, baby. So, uh, yeah, Eddie, his background and I lost it. Let's go. Bowden, you go. Let's go. <laughs> That's all good. Let's jump hey, right um, yeah, so like so so the way we uh, the way we usually bring up uh, bring our guests on we you know um, we want to give you the floor to tell your story. Um, I think uh, as far as we know, so uh, I did, every time you've been on, I've been wanting to like poke and ask you questions about like your your history. But I knew we were going to have you on, so uh, that's why I saved these questions for for tonight. But as far as uh, as far as we know, uh, I can correct me if I'm wrong here in a minute. Uh, you're Navy Navy veteran. Yes, sir. Um, Navy veteran, non-army veteran on the show. Yeah. First non-tanker, first non, no, first non we didn't serve with. So it's, yeah, it's, this is really set the bar high. Tonight, really set the bar high here because <laughs> <laughs> I love, I yeah, love so my brothers in the army. I love them. My brothers and sisters from the army are are my heroes. I grew up uh, idolizing people in the army. So you know, I know it's pretty normal to have some some inter you know uh, inter military branch nonsense and shit. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Probably not for me because I mean, unless we talk about the Air Force. But uh, other than that, I really do admire every single person. I mean, even even um, even those people who deploy when they're anything past three feet of water. The Coast Guard, my my, my 
they need to get deployment pay anything past three feet uh, of water. And, and they're my heroes. the wrong branch. You know what? Oh, hell no. Hell no. Definitely I'll not. not Coast, never that. I'll join the Coast Guard. The North Dakota Coast Guard. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we don't have one. <laughs> Eddie, yeah, uh, like you, um, you, you're talking about you, you, um, talking about growing up. Um, real quick, take us back, real quick. What what made you join the Navy? Oh boy, oh this is this is a story, and I feel like it changes every time because I learned so much more about who I used to be. Um, so taking it back, I was a young man. I all I wanted to do was join the Army, join the Army, join the Army, join the Marines. Um, you know, combat, combat, combat. I have a lot of family members who served. I don't think there's anything that's more beautiful than growing up with a mindset kind of towards military service. It's it's not like yeah. you're cleaning up a park. It's not like you're helping somebody carry their groceries to their car. Military service is something that's very unique in that you don't ever know what you're going to be doing. All you know is if you don't show up, that's that's a one person in a fire team down. That's one person in an unrep team down. That's one person on a ship or, or a part of an aircraft crew that's not going to be there. And you have to really carry the mantle for your brothers and sisters out there uh, in the field. So I knew from a young age that the military was it for me. Watching Black Hawk Down, A Bridge Too Far. Um, I, I, I can just go on for hours about all the movies that my grandpa forced down my throat as a young child. That it really inspired me to look up to heroic individuals. And I, I say it often, but not often enough. All of my heroes wear medals. And they come home with flags on their caskets. Those are my fucking heroes. So Absolutely. ever since I was a child, I've, I've idolized and supported the, the military uh, world. Because when my stepdad was in the Air Force, so that's why I give him a little shit. But um, <laughs> he's, he's my first ever real direct link to the military and to wanting to join. Growing up seeing him, he was the, the pinnacle of what a, uh, what a, you know, a father should be. Um, he, di- he didn't have a superstar dad to guide him and teach him how to be loving and nurturing, but he wanted to be anyway. And I wasn't even his own birth son. Him and my mom got together and that's pretty much all I knew throughout my childhood was uh, army, uh, army fatigue, I guess the Air Force just kind of picks up wherever the army leaves off, right? So army <laughs> fatigues and then um, in his, he was in the uh, Air Force Reserve and he'd also work at Boeing right up here uh, in Everett. So growing up, okay. I, it was a normalcy for him to be, to fall asleep reading me a book on his knees, leaning over my bed uh, in his fatigues, looking like he has never slept a day in his life. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up, it was normal for him to to give me the biggest hugs because he spent the most time away from me because the military families, they really know what how to deal with that separation and what separation from the people they love the most is. So Absolutely. growing up, his example for me, it drove me headfirst into it. But what really drove it home for me, I, uh, I was in second grade at the time and our teacher turned on the news and covered his mouth. Um, there were planes crashing into towers in the United States of America. And, you know, there's a lot of different speculation nowadays on what happened. Was the CIA involved? Did uh, F-18 or F-16s uh, shoot down, uh, you know, right. United States planes and all, all these things? So many different, yeah. So many different We can ones. do a whole different episode on that shit right there. We can, we, we can, we, we a... can go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> we can, we can, I can go down there with you, baby. I don't care. I got yeah. all night. My, my wife said I could play. Okay. We might we'll do stay it. on track for now. <laughs> Late night special tonight. We might go go yeah. shit But um, that was oh, it for yeah, me, man. man. Like seeing that, and then uh, my teacher walked up, and and they, uh, like I was obviously petrified because I knew what this meant. 
And um, my teacher gave me a hug and kneeled, kneeled down to like my size. I was sitting in my chairs, all emotional wreck, and gave me a hug and said, I know what this is going to do to your family. Um, I really love that your, your dad's going to go protect us. And I didn't understand the gravity of that until he didn't come home that night. Um, so standing around a flag at, uh, you know, my middle school, Maplewood, or sorry, Maplewood Elementary School at the time, we were in a, they were rebuilding our school. So I was at the school down the street and seeing the, the American flag lower to half mass and, you know, the teacher, the principal talk about, it was a moment of reverence. The, the teacher, we took a moment of silence and the teacher talked about what the world's going to change for a lot of people in this school. And uh, if anybody needs somewhere to hug or cry, their door is wide open. And the door was wide open to the principal's office the whole year. So that was that was it for me, you know, seeing what my mom went through with the emotions, her have, being unstable in being able to raise raise me as her son, because the other piece of our of our trifecta, the mom, dad, and me, was missing. And and I had a little sister at this time, so I had a little sister to look out for. And he told me, mm. uh, "I love you very much. Take care of your sister for me." And he walked away. I think he walked away. Um, the se- the second time he deployed, I think he walked away holding back tears because he knew it, what it would do to me again. Um, and what he would do the, to the family, but he deployed twice in support of the efforts uh, in the Middle East. And um, yeah. the, the night of 9/11, he flew out immediately to Germany. There was no break. There Dang. was no, nothing. And I didn't there was know. No I didn't know we responded like that. Well, I mean, I oh, guess yeah. I did, but I didn't think you know that it was just instant. Let's. I mean, yeah, yeah but that's, no. that's crazy to think about. You know, we had uh, James who was on the turret talks. Um, when you were on, he was actually in basic training, um, when that happened. So, uh, like, you know, just, just crazy to think like we had someone, uh, last week on here who was, well, what, 21, he said when he joined the army. So he was 21 when, you know, 9-11 happened, he could have potentially been over there at the same time. Uh, and then, you know, I was personally, uh, I think a sophomore in high school, I want to say. So I mean, that was actually going to be one of our next questions. Is I know you were a little younger, so second, so you're you're still in your twenties, I believe, right? I yeah, right now I'm twenty nine years old. Twenty nine, dude. What's thirty in June. You almost yeah. made it. I know. When I'm thirty, I already yeah. have knee pain though, so I guess I don't have much to look forward to. <laughs> Just wait until the back starts killing you, dude. Oh. Ugh. So that that Anyways, was like man. Say, like to wrap up the question. I would say that was definitely the the cornerstone moment in my life. I've never been able to really sum up what um him serving the military meant to me man but um like like we talk about what a hero is supposed to look like to a child um yeah this this guy who wasn't even my dad uh that's what it is take me in as his son and then went to to serve this country and you know i know he's gonna listen back to this and i just want to to say a a quick shout out to him and, and every single parent that does deploy oh yeah leaving your children is like what Talk about leaving literally a piece of your soul behind to go deploy. Yeah. So I just want to give him a shout out and say, you know, like the, the people who deployed in not, when 9-11 happened, there was so much uncertainty. It was a, uh, a volatile situation. Um, and the people who responded to it, especially from Joint uh, Base Lewis McCord down here in, in Tacoma, Washington, a lot of them d- deployed. Um, my, my, my dad didn't come home with people, with everybody that he deployed with, and he was in the Air Force. So that will let you know there is, um, right. you know, there's no such thing as women who aren't in the infantry. Uh, I, I was talking to one just the other night, and I was bawling my eyes out hearing how she had to go through just to prove that she was there. There's no such thing as Air Force who don't deploy to combat zones. Um, it, it does happen. 
um, even even coasties. I've seen some coasties over there uh, and coming back dealing getting a lot of flack with the VA for how to to find help. So that that's really was it for me, man. Um, he 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 is the reason I joined the military. I can say that with utter confidence. And um, and damn, like how beautiful is it that I have a positive example for what a man should be? He didn't he didn't falter away from his word. He didn't say, okay, well maybe I can break my knee or something and not deploy or whatever. No, he went and um and he he missed us every day. Um, and I'm I'm a better man for his sacrifice. So uh, thank you, Dad, for for deploying. Hell yeah, that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. That's that's a that's a good a reason as any to to have like have that path to follow for sure. Absolutely. And and real quick on that. Uh, and what about that? Um, I mean, your second grade teacher, real quick. That like for her to tell you that in that moment, like. That's a that's a hell of a thing for um, not just a like not just an adult but a teacher a, a life an educator someone that's going to mold you for the rest of your life someone yeah. just sit down sit down next to you and tell you the exact words that you probably needed to hear at that moment. It helps me now more way more than it did then. But back yeah, then, right. the world it was the world. Yeah. There was there was a couple kids who were with me and their dad wasn't um, or their family wasn't working at the time. Um, this was a school where you have to like you had to put your name on a lottery to get into. Um, and if yeah. you got accepted, you were just in the Na- Maplewood family. Um, because I was, he was in the military, he got two tickets, and that's how I got in. So um, his service helped me be around a, a parent-teacher co-op. So teachers were coming in, parents are spending, like at least one parent a day was in the class for eight hours. Teach, help teaching art, help teaching math, telling us about cool. their job, reminding us that we should dream big, um, and, yeah. and to never give up on our dreams. I had an Army helicopter pilot in there that night. Her mom, uh, or or one of those days around that week, and I remember it because I felt weird, this weird feeling about the military, because I was like, I wonder if he'll ever deploy, and then bam, 9/11 happens. Uh, that person's parent didn't come back uh, from that Ooh. deployment. So talk up, talk about uh, being thankful and appreciative yeah. of that. His, uh, sorry, that um, that army pilot, she never came back home. That Damn, that dude. the whole teachers, the staff, the parent, the community that we've really built there at Maplewood Elementary. We came together, um, not me, not personally, but they came together. Um, they raised a bunch of money, and that, that it helped support that family through that hard time because that was their force of income at the time. The mom wasn't working; she was a stay-at-home mom. So, yeah. or stay-at-home, sorry, stay-at-home dad, because he he was also in the army and he was wounded. And so, imagine serving in the military, your partner serving in the military, your partner deploys and doesn't come back home, and you're left there with a broken child. The the community came together, raised a bunch of money, gave a bunch of food, non-perishable stuff like that book supplies were never a worry and that is what um the military community is really good about because we support each other the hell out of each other oh sure and that's what I, so i definitely needed that and i'm glad that i had amazing people with huge hearts as teachers at that school because um it's important to set the bar high for who's around our children and that's one of my biggest concerns going into parenting this next year uh i really want to make sure there's teachers like that oh yeah for sure Dang, so, um, so, you know, so you're, uh, all, you know, lifetime hero, dad in the air force, nine 11, you know, struck a nerve, positive nerve as far as like, uh, motivation. Did you join the Navy? When did you join the Navy? Oh, oh I was hoping we skipped the whole Navy part, but okay, here we are. <laughs> all right. So we're no, we're going to breeze over it. Yeah. Play. Yeah. And I'm just playing. We're more playing. interested in, we're more interested in, uh, in, in after, but we do like to get a little, you know, yeah. uh, just a little background on, on what you did while you were in kind of deal. You don't have to go 
off the deep end as you like to speak. I bet. But, uh, <laughs> Ding, got him. Hey, you can use that in a commercial if you want to. <laughs> hey, speaking of desk pops. Springfield. Springfield. <laughs> we got matching, Sponsor we got matching guns, dude. Let me tell you. Sponsor I've had over 15 of my friends buy this gun after I bought this gun. Where's my cut? Where's my cut, Springfield? Piece. I would <laughs> like to request a longer magazine for the big-handed fellows like myself. You got to get the Hive Meg extensions, brother. So H-Y-V-E, <laughs> Meg extension. Oh. Reach out to them. Uh, just get them like 30 bucks, and it adds two rounds to your firearm and more purchase for your hand, right? So H-Y-V-E, Meg. Um, as long as you don't live in California um, or Washington I State do. like I do, uh, I you'll live be able to in lie. North Dakota, I'm, and I promise you, they do not care. Oh, awesome! <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you're able to protect of the nation's you guns are up here. <laughs> good. Good. I'm glad. You're I had a guy tell me like, I was driving from the post office up here doing a rural route in my old dusty truck, and this guy followed me to the gas station to make sure that I was the mailman, and he was like. Just making sure you were the mailman, had my gun ready, and I'm just like, yeah. Like, me too. <laughs> no, I didn't. Because you're not supposed to. But of course not. Anyways, so you joined the Navy. How old oh, were you? I was 19 years old when I joined the United States Navy, the best fighting force on the water. You know, there's no, go. no more dominant United States Navy out there than the United States Navy. So... To all those other navies out there with the messed up aircraft carriers with the fucked up launch plans, they just suck. They're just not it. And, you know, we I joined the United States Navy in 2012. Um, you know, a lot of stuff happened in my teen years, and we don't have to cover that today. But ultimately, um, I had, when I left for the Navy, I had a knife, uh, a phone, um, my my girlfriend's address, and I, was, I had no home. Um, so... It, it was kind of difficult for me to, to go through that period and, and kind of be in the moment. Um, but I, but from what I remember, it was a major transitional period for me. I didn't have in, I didn't have uh, a secure place to come back home to. There was no fail. There was no option of mm -hmm. failure here. Um, I had to I had to succeed. I had I had nowhere to go back to. I had a girlfriend who loved me who's now my wife. Right? Shout out to her. She's pretty awesome. Um, and I had a, a hope, a dream. Love when that happens. Home. Yeah, man. And that's just I, a beautiful had, thing. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. It's just beautiful. No, no. I love that shit. I, I, I really We love love it. up in here. You know what I mean? No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I'm thinking about like how thankful how thankful was I? You know, what me as a human being, how thankful was I then and am I am I more appreciative now? Hell yeah. But I was so thankful for for her we talk about often in, in this life trying to find somebody who you can like who you who you dreamed of getting married when you when you grow up. Man, I tell you what, I really suck at drawing as a child, but whoever I drew, I know it's exactly her. She's exactly the person who I who I dreamed of being with as a child. I I would would die a million times over if it would just even put a smile on her face. She is my she's my hero, she's my everything. Um she she's the only hero that I really have who doesn't wear uh medals and, and come home on um you know, on a casket covered in a flag. She's my absolute everything. So I left for the Navy man and um Household six. Yeah, boot now, camp and it's just overwhelming. Need to have medals for that. Yeah, 
a hundred percent. Like when, <laughs> when are they going to do that? When are they going to, for, the, for those really awesome ladies out there or the really awesome husbands? For the like same? the ones that truly hold it down though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's, there's the different ones are not all built the same. And I mean, we're, we're blessed to know that like two people on this show right now are, are blessed with, you know, my, I'm not saying my wife isn't at that, but she wasn't with me when we deployed. And when they, so we met later on, we've only been together for like five years. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. But, She's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Everything, you know, like I even had a dream about her before we actually met because I met on Bumble and it was weird. Like I had this dream that I, and it's weird to even say it because I've only really even said it to her, but like the dream was just like us like laying and like her telling me she loved me, right? So I'm like, oh, it's like I really like this girl. We're going to, I'm going to meet her in like a couple days. Like it's gonna be fun. I think it was like oh, two weeks after we started dating, or because we started dating instantly and then, uh, she dropped me off lunch one day at, I was getting my tires changed. She was like, all right, bye, I love you. And I'm like, <gasps> she was like, oh my God, I scared him away. And I'm like, nah, it's all good. <laughs> I knew it. Wow. I knew it before you met me. <laughs> and, that's, and that's amazing. She, I feel that destiny kind of aligns us to be with them. And she's um, truly helped me out. Uh, I wouldn't be sitting here the same, you know, it's a different, different situations, but you know, the beautiful ladies in our life really, truly, uh, changes the game, and that's awesome. So yes, we'll yes, move forward. Wow. You know, from from the from the ladies, just because you can't really can't really top that. But we're gonna try. You know, like we we uh. So let's see. You got 2012. Grit on my face now. I don't think it'll go away for the whole time I'm here, man. That's exciting. <laughs> so I, okay. Well, um, first thing, first thoughts being in the Navy. I didn't expect them to be so relaxed on their standards. Um, honestly, and this is not to to you know trash the United States military, but the truth needs to be told when it needs to be told. Their mm -hmm. standards are so relaxed. They don't have unrelenting standards. And I'm not saying that that would be a good thing for manning. Uh, I'm not saying it would be a good thing for morale, but um, usually great leadership boosts morale, training boosts morale, off time boosts morale. Um, having relaxed standards just creates complacency. So I wasn't very much of a fan of the complacent standards. Um, I, w I was heartbroken uh, when I found out that I would I would be experiencing that. That was not my what I hoped for when I signed up for the military. Could have joined I the cavalry. I, I, yeah, well, I would I say well, pretty much, pretty much. No, you right. should have. You should have joined the third ACR. They did everything by the brave rifle standard, which is apparently by the book, but their own book, and it's a whole other yeah. story. Oh yeah, uh, by the book, but their own book. I feel you, man. Yeah. I love it. So I, relaxed I, standards, but only when they wanted to enforce them. A hundred percent. And then, and so, yeah. so how do you, how do you have that, that, that baseline factor? It was really right. difficult to, to find, but, um, I, fa I made my own factor. I said, you know what, I'm just going to be the best person I can be. I'm going to crush every goal I can. Um, and I hit the ground running when I got, uh, got to my first ever duty station as well. So United States Theodore Roosevelt, CVN 71, the best aircraft carrier in the world, the best crew, 2015 deployment crew, shout out to them. Um, I had a, nice. a phenomenal group of leaders. Um, uh, BMC Brontes, uh, Chief Chief Span, you know, um, Senior Chief Douglas Og Og Osbury, you know, people who really looked out for you beyond the normal standards. Because, you know, I didn't I didn't expect to to have such a turbulent time when I was in the military. Um, I didn't just have all, all three of my warfare pins um, that were possible as soon as I could get all three warfare pins because they weren't even allowed on aircraft carriers at the time. Um, I didn't have you know I ranked up every time I, I took a test. I got qualified and everything possible. I learned from everybody possible. I tried to be humble, but it's hard to be humble at a young age, uh, 100%. So 
I, I learned a lot of lessons. I failed many times as a leader. I uh, rose to the occasion and fell to my level of training rapidly many times in volatile situations on unrep stations. Um, I, I got married when I was in the military, not and not for the BH. I can say that so comfortably because, man, this woman did something for me that I never thought possible. When I was uh, out at sea, um, I, I got the news that my my uh, my biological father, my dad, was was dying, uh, and he had three days to live. Um, and so she she reached out to my wife reached out to me and said, "Hey, this is what's going on." Uh, she was my girlfriend at the time, not even my fiance yet, and. I was I was out at sea and and she uh, she kind of helped helped me out a lot in that time. She was at the hospital with him for three days, holding his hand, didn't leave, wouldn't wouldn't you know wouldn't even go away, barely even eat. People had to like bring her food and stuff, and she Damn. barely ate then either. Like, what what type of human being really has the emotional capability to to go into a place and hold the hand of the father that one caused so much turmoil in their son's life? But um, but still had love for him, and his son still loved that individual as well. Like it takes an extraordinary human being to kind of shoulder that rifle and and say, you know what, this I got to watch. You know, I got I'll pull I'll set security over here. Um, yeah. For, for your guys' terminology, so you know it's it's essential. It was essential for me to recognize this person that I was with. So my time in the military, I really got to recognize who I wanted to spend my life with, um, because you know after the, he passed and uh, she stayed there and. Um, I, I didn't have much. I didn't have much happiness. I didn't have much hope. Uh, I was very lost at sea, as you would say. And um, she held me down uh, through that time, through those workups, through my deployment uh, in 2015, where I did a lot of crazy, fun stuff and learned a lot of very valuable lessons about leadership, about how to how to find true equality uh, through identifying people's skills and putting them in the right slots, how to support other people, how to be a leader truly, meaning you have to cut off your own hand or stick your hand in the fire so others don't get burnt sometimes. You have to take absolute responsibility. Jocko Willink's book really, really outlines what that really means. And um, so marrying her, wow, that was an amazing, amazing experience. Ranking up uh, every time I was uh, E1, E5 in two and a half years. I had all my warfare pins, right. three on the dot almost. Like by a couple days I was off. But I still got all three, so I'm not going to sit here and complain. Hey. I, I, I'm very, I was a perfectionistic uh, individual as I was striving towards these goals. So as I ranked up quickly, I got qualified to do small boat operations, man overboard recovery. Um, I was learning how to direct jets, but they told me I shouldn't learn that because I'll never do it. And I said, okay. So I learned some more. Um, learning how to land helos on, on the, the deck of a, sh of a ship while it's moving. Um, job shadowing other people, figuring out what their, what their stuff is because I'm not an expert, but I wanted to be competent in multiple yeah. things. And a lot of guns. God damn it, I love my guns because shooting the M11 for the first time was great. Um, M9, I'm not really a fan of, of the Beretta M9. Uh, I just, I'm just not. I love I love the P320. I love um, the M11. I love, I love the Barrett. I didn't get to shoot it. I almost got to. But I bribed the wrong person, and he didn't come through. So here I am. I didn't get to shoot it, but I got to take pictures with one. The one we had was broken. First time I was like, y'all want to take it out of the field and take pictures with it? Because our second deployment was just kind of like that sometimes. And, uh, yeah, I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, like, I think I think one of the main takeaways from the military was running into people and having them be exactly who you needed at that time without you knowing. Yeah. I needed a present father when I felt like I had a strained relationship with my, with my stepdad. I needed 
a, a grandfather because I lost mine when I was 11 and he was my hero. He, he, you know, drove me into all these ideas about the military and then 9-11 just kind of sunk the nail into the coffin for me for this is my path and understanding who, who I was as, a, as an individual and need, understanding I needed to set healthy boundaries, how to respect myself and stuff like that. So the military was beautiful, man. I, uh, there's a lot of, of negative things I can say about it. Uh, but I'm not going to because it's the people in the military that make up our military experience. So I would say that Absolutely. there are horrible individuals in the United States military, some some people who um, sexually assault ladies on, on ships, people who sexually assault men, uh, domestic man, violence. There's a lot of that bullshit across the board, man. Uh, yes, brother. Talk, touch briefly on that. Like, we were stationed in Fort Hood, and obviously it was way before that whole situation with, um, with the Vanessa Guillen. I mean, I will, yeah. that kind of shit. I mean, like, dude, like, what the fuck you know like and then we're trying not to even cuss on the show but that's one of those situations where like anybody if you don't say what the fuck to that situation like all that shit it's it's unforgivable and heartbreaking and who these are people sworn to you know take care of other people and like that's i don't know man like that kind of shit like that people can do that and still like be decorated as like these great human beings Mm-mm. you know like well, well obviously not once they're found out but you know what Strip i mean like, them of everything yeah oh yeah oh everything everything but take everything from them and, and and nail them to to a cross of, of justice i'm not gonna i'm not gonna use violent terms here i don't right. want anyone to get offended but um right. nail them to a cross of 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 some of some sort with with the law um and and hold them accountable in real life as yeah, brothers to our sisters in, in uniform, we have to be fierce advocates sometimes, and we have Absolutely. to be monsters. Sometimes we yeah. have to be monsters. Sometimes you'll find somebody who's beating up a, a female sailor who, who works under you, and you hang them over the side of the ship uh, and let them know that if they touch touch another lady in life in a negative way, that game over. You're going to get splashed out. You can splash out. They're not going to find <laughs> yeah. you. You're going to get splashed out as soon as you hit the, the water. You trip that night on your fire watch or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Shit happens all the time. I heard in the navy. Yeah, <laughs> people people fall all the time. Things do happen, man. And um, and I'm not yes. I'm not promoting I'm not promoting violence. I'm just saying Absolutely that not. you have to Some, do yeah, promoting safety violence. ultimately. Yes, I'm prom- I'm promoting safety. I'm promoting safety. Yeah, be safe, or you slip off a boat. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. And I'm also promoting being being a good uh, a good shipmate is what they call it, right? All right, how are you treating your neighbors? If if someone's acting reckless and they want to put their hands on on a, a man or a woman in uniform, you have no place on this earth. You have no place um, to in, in in our military ranks. We need to be the best for others. We can't be the best yeah. if we got shit going on back home. We cannot be the best if we have sailors who are being sexually assaulted or experiencing domestic violence or any form of abuse and any way, shape, or form at all. It's unaccept unacceptable. We have to have better standards. The Navy needs to address the issue uh, with, with suicide amongst our ranks. We need to promote mental health in a positive way Absolutely. that doesn't make us softer, per se, um, a, w- a way that makes people feel they're supported and they have a voice. Not that they um, not that they, they need to keep it all together because that is what makes us weaker. So I think there's so many things we can I can say about the Navy, but it's the people in it that make it positive. So yeah. a couple bad leaders or a couple bad sailors doesn't break a ship. I just want to say that 2015 deployment crew of the United States Theodore Roosevelt was phenomenal. There's so many powerful individuals that were there, and uh, I'm thankful that um, for the relationships that I still have 
here in this life. That's awesome, yeah, man. Yeah, it's um, and it, yeah, it's uh, as far as like military, your your, your military journey is what you make of it, uh, really. Um, it's it's how you. It, it's how you want to go down that path, and it sounds like you just kind of you sponged it all up. You kind of started with the, you know, you were you were you were shocked with the standards, but regardless of of your initial conception, you could, it looks like you just you ran with it and, and you did what you had to. That's awesome, dude. Thank you, man. I'm I'm so thankful yeah. that I did because I I don't think I'd be a good person if I didn't learn to adapt. I think I would yeah. be exactly what my circumstances are. I'd I'd still think it's cool to shoot at people and get shot at and and sell drugs and you know so many other horrible things right if i didn't have standards or learn how to adapt or want to grow aspire to be better I right that's a big thing that. you have to want to do that yeah. yeah you also have to know that you need to do that you know like you can't you're not just gonna wake up one day and just be like oh i should stop doing this I and mean, unless you like truly like and then it's, it usually seems like something happens. There's always some major event that just turns like in, in a lot of people's life, you know, that like, oh, this is it. This has got to, we got to turn, we got to turn the page. Like, this is it. Otherwise, you know, you know, you know, ultimately it's a drug overdose. It's like you said, gun violence. It's, you know, all these different situations that could take us out after the army, after the Navy, after the military that that are really kind of why we're here and why we're talking. And I, and I think that's why you kind of started your, uh, your podcast as well. I know you guys cover a lot I and mean, I got you pulled up here. I mean, we talk oh, about a lot of the same stuff and, and then you go on. No, it ain't going to be like that. I'm just talking about, I just like the about, you know, domestic violence, suicide prevention, military stories. I mean, that's kind of where we're here too. And then, I mean, you go into, I mean, the substance abuse, I mean, that's huge. Uh, a lot of a lot of our brothers and sisters afterwards kind of coped with that. Was, you're alone, and uh, you, you weren't. You know, so like you can go from very much in a group, a tight knit community, and the next week be completely forgotten. Uh, and me personally, I smoked after our second deployment, and I, I had like two nanograms of THC in my system, and they chaptered me out, and it was like my first major anything, uh, and I got divorced in the same month. And so here I was back in back at home, and I mean I very easily could have gone down that road. And I mean I'm not going to say I didn't, you know, play with some drugs and like could have easily gone down that road. But ultimately, it was uh, a friend of mine who passed away, who really kind of, you know, put the like you know it's time to get your shit together. And it was actually I think within the last four years, if I remember the year correctly, but. I mean, I wasn't even living there when it happened, um, but just something that really got the whole family mentality drilled into me after that was just like, you know, life really is short even out here, and um, there's there's ways you can make it longer, there's ways you can help yourself, and uh, I mean, there's ways you can truly shorten it, and drugs is one of them. Uh, yeah, I know a lot of people that kind of went down that path afterwards... Uh, yeah, it's it's tough to see, and I wish you know the best on everybody. Um, but yeah, the drugs get a hold of people, 100%. and it's it's bad. It's yeah. bad news. You're not you're not dealing with that person anymore. You're dealing with that drug until you know they make yeah, that choice right. to ultimately be better, and that brings us back around. <laughs> I didn't forget. <laughs> Sorry. I, I 
I, would, I, I just want to say that if, if there's anybody who is going through that feeling of, of uh, military withdrawals, as I call them, or separation anxiety, which is what it should, probably should be called, um, mm-hmm. you're only feeling that this, this emptiness because you are separated from people who became your family. You spent more time with them than your family. Uh, when your family in a household, maybe like one or two hours a day with somebody um, that's in your family, that's your brother or your sister. Everybody likes to deal in isolation often. I think it's essential to to understand that, yeah, you're not you're not with those brothers or sisters anymore. But that doesn't mean that they're not with you still. You still have a team. You still have a support system. Your relationships don't have to end just because you take the uniform off. I still reach out to my buddy Tyler Aids, um, Thomas Labarge. Every time I go to Vegas, I guess who, who's eating steak with me, on me, my boy Thomas Labarge. Because, <laughs> wow, like he's just a great human being. Don't don't forsake yourself is what I would say to those who are feeling loneliness. Um, yeah. And, and don't turn to drugs. It just ain't it. It's not it. Yeah. Put down the bottle too, man. That shit's fucking nightmare fuel, baby. Uh, I mean, if you if you absolutely have to do something. I'm an advocate, man. Smoke some weed, dude. Chill the fuck out. A <laughs> yeah. uh, comedian said it one time, he said it best, is uh, you could be drinking and you want to, you know, you're, oh, I'm going to drive and I'm going to do a bunch of dumb shit and you smoke that joint you're like, you know what? That sounds like a really bad idea. I'm just going to chill here and maybe turn on some <laughs> cartoons, fire up a pizza and, you know, what, fall asleep, get a little fat. You know, then eventually you'll look at yourself and you'll be like, time to fucking work out again. Yeah. And the cycle continues (laughs) to where eventually you look like you kind of work out, but you also kind of like cookies and weed. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, man. uh, You um, just go ahead. You touched on that. um, Well, I think this is a great segue because you, um, Eddie, Eddie brought up that separation anxiety. That's a big topic of what we like to talk about. Um, with because um, I think our brothers, brothers and sisters in the military community always get lost in the shuffle. You know, within that, within that, within that time period of I got out to, I'm on my feet. There is a gap there uh, of that sep- where where everyone experiences that separation anxiety. It could be a month, two months five years six years how, how long was it until you finally drunk dialed me about me? Oh. 2012 uh, to 2023 uh, yeah. <laughs> 11 years it took about to be like i fucking miss you man we should talk yeah. more and then uh six <laughs> yeah. months later we're a podcast and we talk yeah. every night and our goal is to just either connect as many people in the way that we're connected uh or you know let them be part of what we got you know i think that's the ultimate the goal yeah so, man. well so what's uh for you for you eddie what was <laughs> what no, was your um, <laughs> i'm just making sure i, I got your i spoke your name right in my in my phone uh what's what was your um what was your separation like after you after you well when did you get out i'm sorry oh oh i was gonna say uh it, it was terrifying but uh 2016 i okay. september 2016 so I got out and I ret- I flew back home on uh, my anniversary date. I'm not going to say it because it's it's like one of my passwords or somewhere. I'm pretty sure. So um, oh, I got yeah. out in September <laughs> of uh, 2016. I got out of the military, and it was a, my my time getting out was was very confusing. Um, I never initially de- planned on getting out, but they sent me to the wrong aircraft carrier when I was trying to find a house in California. On and out, they sent me to Norfolk, Virginia, and I was getting ready to deploy again. Apparently, oh. so I was like, "Oh, well, this is not great." 
Well, hey, honey, I guess we're not house shopping. Um, we're going to need to figure out uh, a, a way for you to live without me again for another <sighs> of years, I guess. Surprise! Right. <laughs> hey, so that I, sucks. So I was pretty but upset. Only... And then, yeah. Dude, and then and then uh, some lieutenant douchebag on my uh, on my ship. I think I, I think I remember. Yes, you know what? If he sues me, good luck because I can prove that you did it. Uh, so Lieutenant Commander Atkins tried to keep me on a different ship by calling my detailer. Um, and if I see him ever, if I ever see him, if he's still alive, because he smoked a lot of cigarettes, but if I ever see him again, I'm going to knock his lights out. Because um, he sent me to the wrong I'll ship. I'll tag him. And, and tried to get me there officially. Um, he really tried to keep me on that ship. And I found this out from my detailer, BM1 Brown, who was my friend. So I figured out that they tried to keep me on the wrong ship. They destroyed my life, put my marriage in, in a critical state, because now here we have a conflict. My job, which I'm really good at, apparently, according yeah. to my, my bosses, um, and my comfort level with what I'm doing. And then I have a collision course, my marriage. Which one was there for me when I was going through the worst parts of my life? Obviously my wife. And so obviously, you know, it's a, it's no brainer. She's gonna be my priority. Um, yeah. They kept me on there for 90, 96 days on the wrong ship. And every single day I go up to my boss's uh, office and write on the whiteboard how many days I've been on the wrong ship. And I'd go down to admin and do the same thing. It was kind of like that, that movie Zero Dark Thirty where she was writing on the board how many oh, days she was. Oh, yeah. Was. <laughs> I didn't know that was the thing until afterwards, but then I, got, then I was really more dramatic about how I did it. And one day it got so dramatic that the XO of the ship um, saw me raging out one day. And he was like, hey, what's your wrong? What, hey, hey, don't talk like that on my ship. And I said, I don't give a fuck whose ship it is. I don't give a shit. I'm, just not, I'm, not, I'm not on this ship. I'm not supposed to be on this ship. I'm on the wrong ship. They're asking where I'm at on another ship, and I'm kept on this damn thing. Um, I, it, it took me reaching out to Master Chief uh, Bill Smaltz, a great human being, uh, and he was working in the Pentagon at the time. And he was my old Command Master Chief, and I, I'm pretty sure, he never admitted to it, but I'm pretty sure he pulled some strings and uh, got whatever happened figured out for me, so I got back to the right ship. Um, you know, just my, remind you, I'm, I just got done dealing with the loss of uh, a father, and that was a, a very turbulent part of my life. I was still unsure about my relationship with him uh, when he died. So we were not on, even on speaking terms. The last time I talked to him, it was almost a fight to my death. Um, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it would have gone probably that way. We would have kept fighting until one of us died if it wasn't for my mom screaming, um, trying to stop me. Um, and so obviously, like, I'm not in a good mental state. I was thinking about yeah. you know harming myself. I was uh, definitely caught up, lost in the sauce, as I call it. I just felt like yeah. I didn't have a pathway. So ended up saying FTN, and I don't want to be on recording saying this, but I said fuck the Navy, and I decided with my wife that we were going to move on with our life because this was not for us. Uh, if if yeah. this the type of people, and I think that happens to a lot of individuals. Um, it ruins emotional yeah, they're not There's not as many of yeah. those good leaders out there as there are the bad ones, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, and um, it's kind of it's like a corporate world. When you're not at war on on a ship, so oh, it's you, so bad. You, you can save it's okay to step on the neck to get high. It. Yeah, it's just that's exactly how you do it. And and it and it really irks me to this day that, that that happens because how many I know I just had a recent episode talking about um, one of the sailors who served under me and one person that I found out one of the persons who I served with step on another sailor's neck and that sailor was uh, driven to suicide within that week. Um, Holy cow like recycling leave chicks to go to a family when their grandpa died type thing who raised them. And so 
I often think about like what what impact can I have? What impact can we as leaders have in the military? And if there's anybody who's listening who's actively right now, please be a great person for others. They need it. You never know who someone what someone's going through. They have a life outside of their job. Um, but that, I left the Navy, man. I was done with it. Um, I spent the last time on the right ship, just completely pissed off at the world. I was angry. Um, I had taken a bomb to the inside of my knee when we were doing unrep one day uh, when I was deployed and I was walking on uh, extreme amount of pain in my knees and then I compensated with the other one so I got knee pain and they told yes. me um, as I was getting ready to, to get out that if I signed up for any military disability or tried to go through the process on the last day I was there because my, they pushed out my, my military di- processing out of it, my medical, to the very last day I was there and they said if they um, if I signed any paperwork or wrote down any issues with me that they would have to like I wouldn't be paid to be there anymore and like there's no way that they're going to re-extend my contract this late to help me go through it all and if I signed up I'm a pussy anyways because um, it's not like I got shot up or blown up by IED like the people who are really serving over there so obviously didn't sign up for disability or or anything for the, the strong list of things that I have wrong with me physically and that's oh, the good news is you can do it now. You can do it afterwards. Yeah. You don't have to do it there. <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you catch yourself in a similar situation, just know, fuck them. You can literally go to the VA the next day. Call your local veteran service officer to that county, and they will get you in the right direction. I promise you that. Yes, the DBA. Um, yeah, the absolutely. DBA is huge. Anybody. Anybody. Call a phone a friend, right? When you're in, when you're in trouble, phone a friend. And ask for help. How did you how did you get disability start, started? Um, I, years later, I I dread pulling up the traumatic experience I did experience because you know it wasn't all sunshines and rainbows in the navy for me. But I I look forward to closing that chapter because transitioning out of the military without feeling that you have support right when you start can be yeah. exceptionally detrimental. Um, I, I'll be the first one to say it. Like when I got out, my mental health was shit. I didn't think there was any hope. I was working up to 70 hours a week, bussing tables. You know, I went from being in charge of 240 sailors to that. Uh, I felt like I, I was, wow. uh, I, f- I felt embarrassed of who I was, honestly. And this is probably like the, probably the first time I've ever said that. So I'm just going to try to keep it real. Um, I felt embarrassed. Of who you, I, mean, was. I can agree with that. When, with that same, I told you being out, like, bro, it was embarrassing. It's a shameful feeling, you know, just like everyone. No, people that don't know, they don't understand. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, really, not to interrupt, but yeah, it definitely is. So I appreciate you sharing that. This was where I was getting at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're not alone, Eddie. I promise, dude. Like we're, cause I mean, I was, I was the same way, dude. I was, you know, um, you know, uh, not 200, but I was, you know, I was, I, I had my, I signed for a 70, 70 ton tank, $7 million vehicle. And then, you know, the next week <laughs> I was, I was not in charge of anybody, and I was trying to look for a job. That shit's embarrassing, dude. And it just like what? And it, it makes you like, it, you know, on the path. And and you can uh, um, tell me if you felt this way too. On the path to like getting out, you're like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing because fuck this right now. This is not where my life's supposed to be at. And then when you get out, you're like, did I fucking do the right thing? Now? Like this because this is shit. The thoughts, the thoughts come in fast. Yeah, yeah. Like who, who am I now? Exactly. How are my sailors going to be treated? And that was uh, something that ate me up because um, 
I'd say I was being sexually harassed when I was leaving. I had, uh, and these are people fresh out of high school. I felt like I grew up so much in the in the military, and that I really found myself who I wanted to be. I wanted to be an advocate for others. I wanted to be a leader. I wasn't like everybody's dad or everything, because that'd be kind of weird, right? Um, and it probably be ruffle some feathers to some people who who have lost fathers like me. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's funny to call say, oh, that's your daddy, that's your sea daddy, or it's your your navy dad or whatever, or oh, so your dad now, like you might strike yeah, a nerve no, with, with someone not. like me. Uh, yeah. and, and so no, I, he is not. I, I would say like their uncle, like I was like yeah. to some sailors, I tried to be a role model who supported them and learned from them without an ego there. So it was hard for me to leave my sailors behind. It was hard for me to, to, to tell them that they were on their own. It was hard for me to see the tears in young girls' eyes, knowing that they were going to be sexually harassed now because they don't have somebody to check the douchebags that were doing it previously. So I looked at all these sailors, kind of how I looked at my little sister. Um, and she's not little anymore, obviously, but she, she, she has, um, this innocence about her in her heart that I will always try to be an advocate for. Um, and, and I saw so much of that in these girls who left home for the first time and were being harassed by people who stepped on the necks of others to get to where they are. Um, and that's so some bullshit. Sexual dude. harassment I mean... of my sailors, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Ojo. Yeah. Douchebag. Um, I, I definitely filed a whole lot of, uh, equal opportunity um, things on their behalf because they were worried about backlash. I um, opened up yeah. opportunity investigations. I'm thankful to say that they, that, uh, that Lieutenant Ojo was stripped and removed from, from that environment because he had no place being around sailors, a horrible individual. Um, don't another person. I don't want to, I hope I to see on the streets. I'm going to be honest. I hope to see him on the streets one day. Um, but you, you, you look at what you left behind. I left behind a part of my family. Tyler Eights is my brother for my life, and I left him behind, and it was difficult for me to leave um, him. Um, it was it was tough for me to leave some people who meant the world to me, who still mean the world to me. But um, I, I there's this quote that was told to me by one of my favorite leaders, uh, Edmundo Brantes. He retired as a senior chief very recently, and he said that the the best gift you can give anybody in life is time. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Ever. It was funny. I'm as thankful that they, I, that they gave I, me this time with me, man. I'm so thankful that I was able to spend this time with them. So that kind of helped me through my time. But um, I definitely struggled with who with who I was going to be. I would have I would have never smoked weed the day after I got out if I knew that I wanted to to go towards law enforcement and be a part of the bioffender task force here. Um, but that uh, that got in the way. I would never have made decisions like experimenting with different drugs knowing that i would have to take a lie detector to become a cop i didn't even know i wanted to become a cop until i saw one save um a girl in this area who was being trafficked um that that is uh struck a nerve with me i wanted to to be a part of that but i couldn't do that because i got out of the navy i'd never experimented with mushrooms so let's do some mushrooms let's let's try um some uh somali let's try the things i never tried i didn't do like meth or anything because those drugs are kind of terrifying. Yeah, I just wanted to see what, what the hype is about. Um, with, stay with away these from those. Things. Yeah, definitely try the mushrooms though. If you got a, if you got a good yeah. coach, yeah, definitely sit down and try some mushrooms. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I met. I want to do yeah. an ayahuasca retreat. I actually saw a deal that like you could sign up for a group and do like a like a six day ayahuasca retreat, dude. Yes. We should get a group together and go. <laughs> that would be a. I'm not kidding. Experience, man. No, I know I'm you're not kidding. Serious. I'm not kidding either. <laughs> oh, he thinks yeah. I'm kidding. No, I'm, I'm the middle of the sandwich here thinks I'm kidding, and he thinks he's not going too. 
Wait, about you know, he's not going. I'm I'm a federally contracted employee. Oh, I can't yeah, that's right. <laughs> there's there's plenty of time for you to retire, brother. We'll wait. <laughs> yeah, that's also true. <laughs> Once all of our podcasts get there, baby, they're going to want to hear about it. It's, oh yeah. Well, off. you know what? They are they are testing mushrooms as a way to help with post traumatic stress disorder, military sexual trauma, um, domestic violence in the military, separation anxiety, and so many other things for our veterans in Colorado. What a great idea! Finding yeah. ways that aren't addictive to help with depression and stuff like that. I yeah. recommend that every veteran listening do some research on psilocybin and the effects, positive and negative. Uh, make sure you're in a good environment. Find people who've tried it before. Um, consult your doctor. Yeah, see how they have a good feel coach. about it. Yes. Definitely have a good coach, man. The wrong coach will really turn you down the wrong path. Uh, I mean, yeah. not that, like, mushrooms really make you see see a bunch, but, like, it's a thought, more of a thought thing. You know, you could really, really see um, who you are because you're actually – what you don't realize is that you're actually, you know, when you're locked in a room and you're, like – looking at the ceiling and you're like this ceiling man all it does is it just sits there but like it holds up the roof but without it we'd be soaking wet so like so the ceiling is just doing this thankless fucking job and everyone's just like oh it's just a ceiling but how does the ceiling feel you know but then you're like well fuck dude am i the ceiling <laughs> you know oh, oh <laughs> mushrooms bro <laughs> four dimensional thought processes so, yes we live in a very two-dimensional i love mushrooms yeah, man, I think they're, they're very. <laughs> I, I, I fuck with them pretty heavily, man. Um, I haven't touched them in, in quite a few years now, but it was a, a critical part of me healing. If I didn't, if I didn't, mm-hmm. if that wasn't a part of my mental health, my transitional journey, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And I don't talk about it very often because I just don't. I don't know. I just, I just don't. I, I, there's no reason not to. But right. I think there's many different ways to heal, and I don't recommend anybody self-medicates with any drug put out by the pharmaceutical industry. Um, don't. Don't don't pop a pill to numb the to numb the pain of what you're feeling. Feel it. Reach out to a friend. Um, if you're feeling suicidal, reach out to a friend. I'm very thankful that I had proper encouragement when I hit my lowest of the low, which did happen. I was 120 pounds, fresh out of the military. I lost so much weight. Um, knee pain was horrible. I'm working a, a dead end job, like wiping down tables at a restaurant. Like I, I don't, I don't, I'm not here to talk shit about anybody who does that, but I'm ta- saying from my perspective at the moment. No, like, yeah. Tables, like who, what, me wiping yeah. down tables? Not that it's beneath me, but is this, is this where my ambition lies? Is this where my dreams right. die? Is this where my dreams go to die? Alive but not living, not having any more aspirations. I didn't have any vision just, for myself. But my wife, doing. dude, my wife came to my freaking rescue again. She got me hooked up with the elevator union here in Seattle, and. Um, and I, I mechanicked out. Hopefully, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna curse myself. So I took my test just on Friday, and I'm pretty sh- I'm pretty sure, but I hope I passed. Um, and you know what she told me when I was first getting out of the military? Hey, I got this job that you, you can sign up for when it's time. They'll pay you fifty dollars an hour. Well, now they pay you sixty dollars an hour, and it, and it just goes up and up. And they they double the the pay rate when it's over no over time. They pay you like it, it's just disgusting. It's disgusting that that a lot of people don't know about these blue collar jobs out there. I never thought that. Are they hiring in Fargo, North Dakota? Well, probably, probably. I mean, well, I, I, I'll hook you up with uh, resources to, to reach out, man, because mm-hmm. sixty dollars an hour. I'll quit smoking right now. <laughs> that's that's life changing. Yeah. It, it, I, 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 every time I get a paycheck, 
sometimes I'll like, I'll like stay up till midnight and I'll cry because there were times when there was no check showing up for me. Like mm. there was, there was times where I wasn't sure what's going to happen. There was times where I would cry. I have serious anxiety about financial insecurity because there was times in my life where I wasn't stable. So same. I, I, I'll stay up late and I'll, I'll like get excited. My wife will be asleep and I'm just sitting there like, Oh, how much how, did I, did I really do a good job? Did I, did I make, <laughs> right. right? Like, did I, did I, um, did I really find another way other, like in completely the opposite of what my family, uh, on my dad's side, some, some of them, they would encourage me to, to, to make money in whatever way possible. I'm, I'm so thankful, so thankful that I, I am not doing a single illegal thing with my life right now. That's yeah. like, that's good for you, dude. And that's like a check in the box for me, dude. Like just to be, yes. uh, to be a future dad and to work a job, not a nine to five. Cause I don't do no offices. Uh, uh-uh, get them out of here. But a six mm-hmm. to two. I can get down yeah, with that. Let me get, <laughs> let me get some of that six to two action. Well, right now yeah. I'm a 24 seven kind of job right now. My boss is two years old. Well, he will, he'll be two in May. That's the best. Stay, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I was gonna ask, are you are you a, are you a dad? I'm like, oh, yeah. I love that. Good for you, man. Wow. Yeah, man. My wife. Uh, well, we lost our. We got. A, we live in a town of 800 people, up here in uh, Kindred, North Dakota. Um, the daycare in town had most of the girls quit, so it was my second second tour. It's my second tour stay-at-home dad uh, with this one. I had him for the first year because when we moved here from Colorado, actually, less than two years ago, um, and we didn't have anybody. To, well, we have her sisters here, but like she works too, so went straight to watch him when he was a baby, but now he's a toddler, so he's a little more fun to play with. You know, I can throw a ball, and he just goes nuts for it. You know, take him. He just wants to go outside, go for a walk. I mean, he just wants to be playing. And Oh my it's, goodness! Pretty soon it's jujitsu. It's a blessing, time. but at the same time, absolutely, oh, yeah. uh, I'll probably start going with them. Um, I it's just, there's nowhere in town here, so we'd have to go to Fargo. And I mean, we're going there. It's thirty. I'm thirty minutes away from Fargo, so like anything in town is thirty minutes away. So it's kind of got a plan to go to town. Yeah, I wish there was one here in Kindred, but there's yeah. nobody. I don't think there's oh, anybody well, you're living certified in to do it. You're out there living in Africa with the hyenas and shit. <laughs> I am literally, dude. I have, I still have an eight. Oh, I had an eight-foot snowdrift in my backyard until now it's melted down to like four or five feet. <laughs> I have a, I have a seven-foot privacy fence, dude, and my dogs were walking over it until last week. I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying to come see what that be like. I'm gonna come hang out. Bro, we can go ice fishing next year. I'm gonna set up an ice fishing tournament through Better and Chat Project or something. Even just a small trip. We can come out. I got an ice house, man. We can do a pro- we can do an episode right there in the ice house while we're catching pike. Yeah, I'll, TV I'll, bring, I'll bring my mobile set up and we can just record right there. Hell yeah, I'll have one too by then. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have. Well, so I'll have my laptop as soon as I can find the motherfucker. I can't find it. <laughs> oh. Is it in the snow? It's somewhere. Probably. It's, it got lost in in, in the two moves. Oh, but yeah, man. Uh, Dude. Yeah. So, so like, uh, um, sorry, I, I, meant, I was so off track. My bad, man. Uh, but no, like, we, no, it happens. So transitioning out was was very very tough. Not not knowing who I was, I had uh, identity crisis, like many other veterans have, and they don't call it what it is because they don't want to be perceived as weak. But um, you, there's strength in the honest and truth. There's strength in truth. It's true. Veterans experience loneliness. Veterans experience um, a loss of family. It's it's like you're grieving a part of who you were and everybody who you were just around. 
all at the same time. I felt like I lost 5,000 people who were there for me when my dad died. You know, I, it's, it's kind of hard to put into words who, who, who is there for you when, you when you need them, when you don't know you do. Um, I'm mm-hmm. thankful for all of my veteran brothers who, and sisters especially, who go out of their way to make their presence known in each other's lives. That is essential camaraderie, a sense of family. Um, we, we're a pretty messed up family. We got, we, a lot of us are, are bent but not broken. Um, a lot of us have times where we quarrel with each other, we get frustrated, we argue. A lot of us throw hands with each other and that's pretty normal, but it's normal it's because we're in a warrior, warrior parts, right? We're, we got high, high intensity, high uh, stakes things that we're doing in life. We're living the most life ever to be lived in the short amount of time because every yeah. second you can die. Every port call, every port visit, you're going to find sailors drunk as hell, being reckless. Um, just most of the time, they're just sitting there smiling with way too many drinks in their body um, because they just want to live for a little bit longer. Um, where was I? I was seeing sights. I was uh, video chatting with my with my superstar wife, who I who I owe everything in my life to. You know, like if I could start a new religion, it would just be my wife, man. Just just uh, worshiping the things that she does for other human beings because. Uh, she's saved not ju- it's not just me that she's an advocate for it's for so many others and um, a lot of veterans in my life benefit from the uh, care and support that my wife shows to their their people in their life who are having a deal and pick up the pieces with transitioning out of the military be starting to re- like think about the people that get out of the military start a relationship and maybe that person who's a veteran is a little bit bent they're going through the, the ups yeah. and downs they're oh it's a buddy's anniversary of getting blown up that that's a reality for a veteran. Uh, it yeah. today I feel sad because I missed this person and they shot themselves last week. That's that's a, that's a, an experience that a veteran has. I wish that every single person from me, my life didn't commit suicide, but that was a huge issue uh, over these past years for me. Last year I had a total of 24 people that I knew in their lives, and I just want to say that. For everybody listening, if you're having any type of suicidal ideation, if you're thinking about, oh God, life would be better if I just remove myself, or maybe I'll just this, maybe this is how I'll do it. Stop what you're doing immediately. First off, you are a part of the most important part of America, our fighting force. You still have value. You still have skills and assets, and you went to the best university in the world. There's there's no Harvard that can teach you how to deal with. Uh, extreme amounts of adversity. There's no <coughs> Yale that can teach you how to, how to react to gunfire. There's no, I don't even know any more colleges. LSU, uh, there we go, LSU. There's no LSU that will tell you how to run fast enough to not get hit by a bullet. It's not a thing. Yeah. And I, I think that life outside of the military world is great. There's so many things we, we can benefit from here. Uh, but you have to make the decision to start living. And decision is one of my favorite words. It's Latin. It comes from the word scission, which means to cut. So cut off every single other thing other than what makes you happy if you feel like you're not happy. Cut it all off. Find what your definition of happiness is. Identify the problem. For me, I wasn't happy. The first thing I can, thought I can control is working out. Working out forces me to, to think positively. It forces dopamine in my mind. It makes me feel strong. It lets me let out frustration. You know what? Uh, that, some of the thoughts that were going through my head transitioning out, I'm mad as hell that my dad had so many issues with me. And we got in a fist fight, and it almost escalated to one of our deaths. 
seven days before I left for the Navy and I was homeless then. I know I'm, I'm mad as hell. Let me put it into some weights. And as I put on muscle, I realized I was healing myself. So bodybuilding was uh, a great outlet for me for four years. Um, not just the competing part, but just the healing, just growing and the religious. Every single day I did something better to make to make my life hard so the rest of it seemed easy. You have to have perspective. And I think that that's a, something that veterans really struggle with when they get out because they're, they're living in a one-dimensional mindset at that time. When you step into a three-dimensional mindset, like, okay, I have what's going on with others and what's going on with myself. Those are the two dimensions. And then the third dimension is how do I treat myself? Because you don't, yes. don't live in the moment. How am I treating myself in this moment? That am, am I showing myself self-discipline, which is self-love? You know, I could I could sit here and eat the pizza. Is that going to make me feel better about my image if I'm struggling with that? If not, not you should struggle. If am I am I around guns when I think about suicide? Okay, maybe maybe um I just won't be around guns. Or I got a great one. What, maybe I won't drink when I'm upset. I wish somebody told me that when I first got out because I was down in a bottle of Jack a night after work and showing up the next day i my yeah. i know i was actively you can't do that myself. in this civilian world anymore no, no. not anymore but i'm saying like, like oh yeah, this economy you know, you, expensive. yeah not anymore damn it no i'm just saying like you can't do that shit yeah. man like you, like, you it's, a gallon, it's, not, yeah, it's, a, it's not a it's not like pt test like you show up in the in your your staff starting to start counting your fucking push-ups like turner you smell like a brewery right now like yeah roger sergeant one two three like <laughs> yeah and, and i didn't and i, I still pass my shit and do it but yeah you, oh I yeah I, w I wouldn't drink unless i was deployed which is See, kind of like a bad idea when i really think about it right i would i should have not i should have drank when i was at home but um in all my downtime separated from my my spouse i was very very depressed for a lot of my time in the military so i focused on my career and i became one of those career guys I was probably a square. Uh, people called me Joe Navy. They said I was uh, uh, a little bit too extra with my applications of, of you know, how I approach my goals. But And that's okay. It, uh, goal chasing is not for everybody, but goal chasing saved my life when I got out of the military. I said that I was unhappy with my body, so I lifted weights so I was 185 pounds. Did my first bodybuilding show, bulked up to 212. Um, and then recently I tore my shoulder, so I lost about like almost all my weight like uh, from putting on from the, um, you know my bodybuilding years but fitness for years was my go-to had a bad day it's okay I'm not gonna be an asshole to my wife I'm gonna hit the I'm gonna hit the gym and I noticed that she would say have you hit the gym yet today and that was my cue of I'm being asshole-ish right so <laughs> let me not horrible to her and go uh, I'm so thankful my wife did the same thing <laughs> yeah you haven't been going to the gym lately have you yeah, nope. yeah like well yeah when I got out after like after I, I would go work out at like uh, I don't. I don't recommend this to everybody. I would go work out at like midnight because I couldn't sleep. So I was like, you know, I can't sleep. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go hit. I'm gonna go lift. Yeah. And the next day, if I was having a shitty day, the next day within like the like, first three, four years after the military, my wife was like, did you work out last night? Like, no. I was like, okay, let's work out tonight. I was like, okay. <laughs> Healthy boundaries, brother. Healthy yeah. boundaries. Yeah. Set them. And if you're having if you're having a bad day, um, I would. I try not to to say that often. Um, bad days are, aren't really a thing. Why? Because we don't have bad days. We have character building days. Bad moments. Um, and damn, Ooh, I like that. Damn, like how 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 much of a weak person would you be if you haven't gone through the hard things that you have in life? Without the lows, the low valleys, the high valleys would seem 
so just or the, the the peaks of these mountains that we we arrive on like you guys started a podcast that's a huge peak how much less special would it be if you didn't have uh serious pain and anguish in your life to share with the world um and to and to talk about ways to work past it you're yeah. you're, you're both advocates for mental health you're both advocates for veterans sharing their stories and and deloading their, sh- their I never knew that I was going to talk about these things today. I didn't ask you what questions we were going to talk about. Everything you're you're saying is bringing out a piece of me that I that I hid away and I threw in the garbage, and I never wanted to to read this note uh, to myself that I had written in my head. And like, I was just I was just on an episode today with this young lady, and hearing her story, it, it tore me up because I was thinking about how thankful I am that I have these highs in my life because other people have lows that make my lows look like nothing. Oh yeah, but but it's bad mm. to judge ourselves. So I try to avoid that as well. Right. Dang. Right. It's also yeah. good to have empathy, you know, especially in a situation like that. You know, like you can understand that you can feel it. You know, you know that just because you haven't gone through as low as they have, you can understand the lows. You might know a little bit about it, so you can understand that, like maybe you know they don't need to be fucked with or that you know that they need they need help because if you did at your lowest and you think that their lowest is you know lower than obviously they need help right they need Mm -hmm. someone to understand they need someone to care and ultimately that's what we want to do we just want to be there for people Um, and I think it's great you know that you said like you know we don't script anything here like we start with a notebook and literally that's all I had I had like that written before you got on and this is just for the description for afterwards. I mean, you should we write, write down very I little. Pronounce the name. Uh-huh. That's it. This E D yeah. and then dash I E Ed had Navy younger than us, and we'll talk about the rest later. <laughs> that and, and then that's uh, you know just from that and 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 it's 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 we I feel like we're starting to have this kind of natural ability to kind of just let people be as comfortable as they want with us like we don't poke and prod at you um but you still kind of feel comfortable enough to share with us man and that's that's huge and and ultimately like for you being someone who we've actually still personally never met in person we've chatted a few times you know text and all that and yet Yet. we will be up there um yeah my wife loves seafood so we're gonna come up to get some oh my goodness i'm gonna freak out when you guys are here i'm gonna probably take the day off of work we're gonna make it a thing. <laughs> but uh yeah man so i mean just to have someone even that we don't know come on and, and then even someone who does podcasts you know for a living right now uh not for a living but you know definitely doing it big uh to say like you know they've never even said stuff like that i mean it's huge for never. Us, man. so i appreciate that yeah um i never i never just like that something until i bring it into authenticity like you can just go ahead and stamp it on our (laughs) shit like we don't fuck around here uh i'm not gonna edit anything except for to add my logo right there (laughs) good air it out uh, yeah that's that's the best so yeah never never edit never edit yeah i don't like we started out doing it and it turned into just a snafu so i'm like you know what let's just just roll with it it's easier to publish you just go straight into it yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, why? Why edit it? If we look at every TV show out there, we look at every news article, all these things are watered down. If I, and Joe yeah. Rogan said it best, if I drink whiskey, I want it to get me drunk. If I smoke a joint, I want to get high. If I want 
to have sex, I want it to be great sex. Not good sex, great sex. If I, if I want to be in a fight, I don't want to get punched in the face, but I want to land some punches. You know, people know what they want. People know what they yeah. want. They don't want watered down, better. Well, yes, I enjoyed my military time and everything was great. <laughs> I never feel bad about what I've done. Uh, they don't want that. Nobody wants no, that. No. We want no. raw. We don't want we don't need yeah. Rod, like, yeah, if it wasn't authentic, we would have cut you off at like 34, 37 minutes, you know? Good. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Good. Like, all right, well, that was it again. See you later. No, I'm just kidding. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Get out of here. Man. But no, hey, I mean, like, it, yeah, it's it. great. I know he had something he wanted to. Yeah, yep. I got, I got all night. I got, I got at least four hours. So what's up? <laughs> um, the beep, eventually. Before, but... Before you venture too, before you venture off too far, because uh, you were talking about the the whole, uh, you gave you gave great tips on like, on um, on um, how, what's the word after the military? I just transition. Transition. Yeah, you get you get great awesome tips about transitioning that um, identity crisis, all that stuff. Um, what um, it sounds like your wife was like a guiding light uh, through that process. Or uh, other than your wife, was there any other like, was there any other other person, or like, was like during during that low of lows of your mental health journey after the military, was was there was there something other than your you know other than your wife that just told you like I gotta keep like I'm not taking this path like because this path leads to, you know, death. I'm not doing that. Yeah. W w was there anything else on your mind? Oh, a bunch of things, man. Um. I tried to fill up my brain with, with things that are going to help me. So to go down the list, there's, there's so many, but to name one of the most impactful things, I started like, where, where does most trauma come from? Um, I, I listened to a couple of people talking about their military journeys and they brought it up. A lot of trauma comes from your childhood. So that's where I started with healing my inner child. And I, I wanted to limit it because I didn't want it to, to refeel all the feelings of is this real or is this a lie or is this is this a story that was made up to protect me quote unquote when it's really going to hurt me later which yeah. is why I don't recommend any parent does um, I I leaned on Avatar The Last Airbender the TV show on Nickelodeon it's on freaking Netflix right now I recommend everybody watches it why great show There's so many adult lessons in there that that can be taught at a child level because it's written for children and into adulthood and um, one episode that really chokes me up I can't even watch it anymore I'm probably going to watch it after this just so I can feel more alive um, is yeah. Iroh's uh, one where they cover Uncle Iroh's son dying in war um, because uh, there's so many people who mean the world to me who lost children uh, in the military and I, and I often think about people who mean the world to me um, one, one woman was extraordinary she took me in when I didn't have a place to live uh, Miss Tina Tina Wolf, and um, unfortunately, she was um, shortly after I returned home. She she had her um, she was murdered, um, and it was, oh, it was ruled by her husband at the time, and it was ruled a suicide. And it uh, she was like a mother to me when I didn't have one, and when she deployed, I was living with her uh, her son, and um, it like that was that was, she she is what a driving factor of why I'm still here today. Um, they, they they ruled it a suicide. The army ruled it a suicide because it happened on a military base, and um, it wasn't it wasn't an um, 
and I know that because the her husband married uh, as soon as this was like a she he got married to his ex-wife uh very very soon after so you know that really tells me exactly what I need to know and there's a bunch of other I don't want to go down the rabbit hole because I'm just going to get more mad but um yeah, she, yeah. She, Tina Wolf has been a guiding light to me and um I know she, I know damn well she's in heaven even if they're like I'm not very religious but even if they're even if there was any doubt about there being a heaven, she is an angel and a saint looking down on all of us, and I appreciate her. Uh, so she was a guiding factor for me. What pain would I feel? Um, what pain would those around me feel if, if um, there was a funeral where everybody thought I removed myself from this world and my, my son was hurting and trying to, to speak about um, the things that I'm not going to be a part of? That was groundbreaking for me. Um, and then it leads to a whole lot of other things. Uh, my wife is obviously we already touched on that um, be, be getting involved in the guns has been very therapeutic for me doing singular activities where I can just focus on one thing there's so much that goes on in our life and it's right. it, can be, it can be really messy sometimes man really fucking messy what 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 better thing to do than to slow everything down and I'm a really bad I'm really bad at slowing things down I tell myself all the time I need to be better at it uh, guns very very therapeutic for me just shooting one target it's just one goal. Just don't miss. Okay? You might not hit the very center. Just shoot and, and don't miss. And, and just keep hitting yeah. the target and breathe and relax. And focus on things you are in that moment. Focus on nature. Because I don't shoot at shooting ranges because it's too discombobulated for me. Um, I just we really love nature. So I'm getting out of nature. Being around fitness has been huge for me. Not playing too much video games. If I'm upset, I will absolutely not touch alcohol that is a healthy boundary that that's the law that's yeah. the law for me personally yeah it's, dude if i'm upset and my brain starts spiraling and i start drinking and i keep drinking because i can drink a lot if i want to and not and because i don't i don't drink and drive ever i drink at my house i don't drink out and about i'll drink like two drinks and then i'll sober up before i drive and then drive but that uh healthy boundaries like that healthy boundaries like if this relationship isn't working well for me uh, with this person from my childhood, I let it go. A lot of people grow when they leave the military, and some people say the same. And it sucks. It really sucks. It's horrible. But um, some of my best childhood friends, I won't even speak to anymore because they um, they don't have aspirations that align with moving forward in life. And it it they don't they don't drag me down. They're they're habits and their nature drags me down so I don't talk to some people from my childhood that's a healthy boundary um, another thing that kept me grounded when I was really thinking about hurting myself was camaraderie mm. who is out there right now that's in your circle is a good question for all veterans or who was yes. in your circle who would love to be again There's a, it's, it's this weird game right uh, especially between yeah. male, male veterans because I can't speak on the lady veterans so I'm just going to focus on the males for a second do I reach out to this guy? Does he still think about me? That was a stupid thing to say. Uh, do, like you know, the, the, the things start rolling. Like, does does this person even remember me? Um, I had I've, I've spent over so many hours with with one watch section, watch section two, when I first started uh, getting the USS Theodore Roosevelt out to sea for the first time. I'm talking about like four on, four off, six on, six off, like like. It was, I spent a whole lot of hours with these people and I have these relationships for life. When you spend yes. time in the military with somebody else, it doesn't stop. Just like you two, this relationship will never end. 
and it does and none of the relationships we have in the military have to we let them die we let the relationship die we don't have to let that part of us die and we don't have to identify as a veteran all the time that was another healthy boundary there are things yes. that I've done and and I have to take accountability for this because I really failed at helping my wife understand this uh, and I Yesterday was a tough day for me because, or the day before, because I taught, I brought this up on Thursday, and um, it was tough for me to 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 hear her not know that I've talked about this, or I never shared this with her, and I feel like I've left her in the dark, kind of. So I'm going to take accountability and say I messed up because there's times where I felt so frustrated with what I did in the military. I hated who I was at times. I felt like I I played part in the role of children dying overseas when it didn't have to happen because I've, 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 I was able to see some of the foot. I can say this now, like, what, are they never going to sue me? I saw drone footage from us blowing up people overseas, and it wasn't mm. – um, there was a part of the clip where there was uh, drone footage surveilling. I don't know if this was even involved my ship or not. I don't know. I can't tell you because I didn't stay long yeah. enough and watch the screen long enough. But I saw kids playing soccer, and um, I saw – a bomb land on the building next to him and I saw kids bodies scattered and things like that they really like put things in perspective for me so I I can honestly say I'm not a fan of everything I did in the military and the part I played bringing on these bombs I used to get so excited I used to freaking like we do stupid stuff we're young we're fresh out of out of like most of us were fresh out of like high school, except for the old guys, you know, the old guys that get in, yeah. but, um, you know, who were like literally just two years older than we called them old anyway. We were like <laughs> slapping the bombs, writing our names on the bombs. Like, Oh yeah, I can't wait to go blow up a terrorist. I don't think of a, a four year old or a six year old or a 10 year old, 11 year old playing soccer is, is a terrorist. And I'm not sure. accusing the United States government of war crimes, but I am saying that, um, mistakes do happen. Um, War is, is not a beautiful thing. It, it's real, it's raw, it's painful. And um, we have to wake up and appreciate the things that we have now to get away from that, that those dark turn, corners. Because that's something that's going to stick with me for the rest of my life. There's no way I can get the idea of uh, a parent coming home and finding their children blown up. Or the parent being blown up with the kids. Or, you know, soccer. Soccer is it's a scary thing to me now. Um, I don't want to. I don't go to any soccer games near me. Um, I don't. I don't think of these things because yeah. in, until I'm in a moment like right now where I'm bringing it up for the first time. So I like. I don't do. I don't like soccer. I never put two and two together. Probably because I. Uh, it, it brings me to a tough time where I saw something that didn't make me proud of my country, and I shouldn't say that because it's not my country's fault. It's one person's fault. Someone messed up intel. Someone did something wrong. Or the value, the HVT, the high value target was worth it that much. So um, if the if the United States government comes and kills me in the middle of my sleep, I can I can go to my grave saying that I'm not ashamed of my country, um, but I am ashamed of some things that I took part in, and I had to forgive myself because we can't only control what we can control. And exactly. so that understanding really helped me with my time in the military as well. Uh, the last thing that really drove it home for me was forcing myself to reach out to others. So I talked earlier about being nervous to reach out to people who I deploy with. Oh, no, what's going to happen? Forget that, man. <laughs> Put your ego in the garbage. A lot of them are having them same thoughts about you, and as soon as they're like, oh, dude, Eddie's calling me. Let me pull over, bro. This is about to be good. Hey, what's up, man? How you been, man? <laughs> you know. 
I know yeah. I got the jitter. I see Bouton's calling me right now. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Let me go out in the garage and light up a little doobie. See what he's talking about. Like, what's up, dude? Yeah. He's like, I'm in Vegas right now. I'm drunk. I love you. <laughs> you should have called me up, dude. Like, <laughs> 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 well, hell yeah, man. I miss you, too. I love you. Mowgli, and, my and, little and, bear. And that's the thing right there. A lot of guys don't say that enough because we think it's going to, like, deem us as, like, a super... Like, society tells us saying I love you to another guy is going to make you, like, some super in in uh, insecure non masculine individual. There's Fuck there's that. a whole lot of beauty that can be found in telling a friend that you love them. Because I had a friend, yeah. I told somebody, "Hey man, I love you, bro," and he started crying because he'd never been told that by his parents. That sucks, Ooh. right? That that yeah. hit, that hits home on a weird level because I never experienced that, but it hurt me because we've all felt unloved at times. Um, reaching out to a friend is a key component. They don't know you think about them until you do. So I, I call my friends often and religiously. Um, anybody who's in my circle in my life right now, I really try to do make a positive effort to reach out to them. I'll spend, even if it's 10 minutes a day, texting everybody who I think about them. I don't care if I have to stop my job. As soon as that thought comes into play, oh, I miss this person. Stop everything I'm doing. Send them a message. Don't tell my boss, but I send them a message. And let I them catch myself doing that a lot lately, too. You know, you're just like, you know what? Like, me and my brother, we don't have, like, the greatest relationship growing up. It, it's, it's just one of those things. But, like, as we're getting older, it's just like every once in a while, you know, I'll just shoot him a message. Like, hey, man, I fucking love you. You know, we don't get a, we don't get together enough. I love you. And then he's just like, hey, you know, I love you too, man. Uh, you know, he's up. He's over in, uh, he's only about four hours, four and a half hours from me. But he's actually a um, emergency um, dispatcher. So he works for... Wow city of eau claire in wisconsin so we're hoping to get him on one of these days to talk about heroes man brand. but yeah so i guess you know the turner boys are you know born to be heroes i guess but <laughs> it's i know he always wanted to be a cop i know he had some uh, surgery when he was younger he had like some uh, if i remember correctly he had like some scar tissue removed from his hip or something like that so it kind of left his right leg uh not as useful so he couldn't pass some of the physical things to be a cop when he was younger tried to be a emt so i mean like ultimately he didn't quit and uh now he's a emergency dispatcher and i mean i know i've told him this but i want to take this moment to just tell you man like hey dude i'm fucking proud of you and uh i'm sure there's a lot of people that appreciate what you're doing um so keep doing that and uh we hope to have you on soon so wow that and, wow. uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just truly amazing when people, you know, go into the darkness to kind of bring people back, you know, and there's something about that that's, it's, but like you said, it's like heroic shit, you know. Dude, damn, man, your brother is such a superstar, man. I, like, my, one of my favorite parents as a child, uh, she was never around for the parent-teacher time because, um, into like to, in the co-op because she was in emergency dis dispatcher as well. Uh, Julie Shend is her name, and I remember because she is one of my heroes. So, dude, your brother just got added. To my, I got to write her name down or somewhere. I, I want to make a list Scott, like, on my wall, my house, in, in my bar. <laughs> All like the heroes, heroes in the world to me. Wow. Dispatchers are right a different. Here. They're a different breed, dude. I mean, you're, you're, uh, your parents were right. 
Cause yeah, because like my, both my parents were. I grew up. I grew up in a very strict law enforcement household. But, I can um, tell by, by the that, way you're, you're, you shave everything on your face. It's really close cut. Yeah, he still he still can't <laughs> let it go. You look like a cop. Well, like, uh, but my, I mean, my, my like mom. <laughs> <laughs> but my, you I mean my mom was a my mom is a well she's they both still work for the sheriff's office. My mom used to be a dispatcher for the longest time, and I, you know, I didn't I never understood it until I grew up and and like I actually applied and I almost I was one step away from accepting that job before I got this other dream opportunity to work with veterans for a day, for a living. But um, it was it was when um when I realized what she did and it just kind of took me back and I was like, like, you know, those, she used to send my dad out on calls. Like how fucking scary is that? Like to know where Why? to know. To. Yeah. To know like, and cause they would work, there'd be sometimes they work the same shift. So my mom would oh, be sitting there and, no, she, no. and she, she called, you know, I think his call sign back then was Charlie 32 or something like she called Charlie 32 to go, to go, you know, and, you know, investigate this, you know, this, this, this oh shooting that happened on the south side or whatever and it's like Jesus and that's stuff and it's like yeah dispatchers i don't I mean I, I don't know if i can do that like if i, I don't know if i can send my wife into danger your mom is a superstar man that's huge yeah that's huge yeah and it's me she, it's stressful to me she got two i mean i think she 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 suffered uh i know for sure at least one heart attack because of that job so stressful so like your brother like like yeah i, I feel for that dude yeah, hopefully we can get him on and build this podcast up to where we can just make this his job. He'll be our <laughs> our civilian reach out outreach program. You know, he can, wow. he can talk on that aspect. Yeah, <laughs> get him out of shit. <laughs> hey, speaking of speaking of podcasts, real quick. Yes, Eddie. What what why like what what was that? What was the what was the light switch for you to be like? Oh. Let's do let, let me do a podcast. Oh my goodness, uh, this is going to be super super interesting and weird at the same time. So yeah. I, find myself having great deep in-depth conversations with random people and they seem to be able to tell me the like the most worst part about their life and we seem to have a yeah. conversation where they feel good at it by, by the end and this is happening regularly throughout my life as i grew up um talking to people on watch in the military um I, I don't know man something just hit me like why don't i start recording some of these conversations maybe talk about things that people don't talk about i saw a very big gap in the world to, um you know I, I would like to say that my podcast um, is, is unique. And why? Because it's it's similar to what you guys do, but different at the same time. Oh, yes. One, I, I don't have video so that I can so I can wear a Slytherin onesie uh, and, and not have people see my face um, either because I've been looking rough lately. Um, but another part of <laughs> it. Adds to the, it adds to the, uh, the comedic effect whenever I can go, what? And just look at the camera all off. But oh. if you didn't notice, like, if I'm looking up here, it's because I'm looking in your face. I have to tell people that. Like, I'm paying attention. My camera's just down here. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I, I find myself watching myself to make sure I don't do anything stupid when I have a face. I wish I, I, wish I was able to, like, like, lock my face uh, <laughs> when I do videos. I really do. Blur it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was taught that uh, as I grew up, I, I was told that um, vanity is, is a curse, and so avoid it. So I always get nervous seeing my face on a screen anywhere or seeing my name somewhere the last thing i ever wanted to do honestly was attach my name to my podcast jesus christ but there was somebody <laughs> else who came up with the name off the deep end and i was pissed so i said okay well this is eddie lowry off the deep end motherfucker yeah. and maybe, maybe one my day i'll lowry. <laughs> i know man 
Maybe maybe one day I'll just buy them out. Um, I was really thinking about it. My yeah. buddy told me last week, a couple, no, he told me a month ago, just buy them out, dude, on the Nikki Free podcast. My buddy, my pod brother over here. And he was like, yeah, just buy them out, man. I'm like, you know what? Fuck them. I'm going to try to buy it out. But I, but then I just let Coming it go. Coming for you. But that, then I let Coming it go. Coming for you off the deep okay. Well, it just, doesn't, it just doesn't need to be my thing because there's a lot of different right. ways. Because I talk about shit that's very unique. Um, I've had domestic violence survivors sit in on my couch and talk about experiencing that for the first time in any official capacity. Not even their therapist. Because the judge told them they didn't believe them. The cop told them they didn't believe them and let the assailant back mm-hmm. in the property. Um, the, the whole family didn't believe them. Um, those are extraordinary moments for me. My podcast is about expressing yourself. My podcast is about talking about lessons and, and not just going through things, but growing through them as well. Um, it's it definitely my, my mission, my plan with my podcast has changed quite a few times. I didn't anticipate to have um, police chiefs on and, or county deputies who have walked into active shooters and stopped the threat. Um, I, I never thought I'd, I'd have on fitness superstars, bodybuilding superstars, veterans. I, uh, I have a, a long list of people coming up with, with Navy SEALs and different companies and um, and I never thought I would be at where it is now, but when, cause when I started, I thought that why don't I just have a conversation and if people enjoy and take, can take something from this, my job is complete. If I can stop one of my friends coming, I'm just going to be raw, man, and real. If I can stop one, one fucking friend from committing suicide with one episode ever, my podcast is what I want. And oh, that yes. reason is exactly what brought us down here to, to actually start it too. Just that one. So if we could reach one person... We did our part, and we reached that one person, and, and then you know I think that one person might have reached another person. I mean, it's it's not we're not at your level yet, man. But you know we're going to be there in no time. Uh, you know, because the goal is true and the goal is honest, and and we really just want to you know connect. And um, I said in one of our early promo videos, um, you know, we believe in the power of talking, um, yeah. but ultimately, like there's more power in, in feeling like you've been heard. Yes. Uh, so like yes. our initial intent was, yes, we want to have a podcast for me and KZ kind of run the show. And, but ultimately we bring people on to tell their story. So you coming on and telling a story that you haven't even really told on your own podcast, which you've been doing what since you've been doing it for a while now, right? You said March of last year. Yeah. Yes, yeah, something like that. So I mean, um, a little over a year, and you know, you know, that's that's huge for me, man. I, I started being serious enough. with it. I would say about just six months ago, though, because I used to dabble in it. I didn't know what my vision was. I didn't know my purpose with it was. I didn't have a goal, and goal-oriented conversations are great, but goal-oriented yeah. conversations without without expectations. I didn't expect like so when I showed up here today, I didn't expect to 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 cry within the first 10 minutes talking about my hero, my stepdad. I didn't expect to, to, to hurt, to take, to take moments to breathe before I, so I don't get all choked up talking about my life yeah. experiences. And a lot of my life experiences have been shown to me via others because what happens when something bad happens with us? We try to forget about it. We lock that yeah. shit up, throw away the key. My, my conversations on my, my platform are devoted to, what we're doing right here, um, share, syncing up ideas, sharing our life experiences, lessons from others, 
um, how how not to how to navigate any situation is the goal. So I do have people on who have had mil- who have been raped in the military. It does happen. I have people on who have been the, have literally had the life beat out of them. I was talking to one today. Like it was that today I'm I'm a little off as far as my emotions and my energy levels because it was heartbreaking to hear what Soraya experienced and. You know, I've had on episodes from Marines who left the military and didn't realize how they were dealing with things with alcohol can be harmful if they're experiencing maybe a little bit of uh, post-traumatic stress. Or uh, a lot of times PTSD is misdiagnosed. They might be just having a really tough time with people dying. Yeah, yeah like uh, what do they call it? Survivor's guilt. Yes, survivor. Huge, field. you know, yeah. like why not me? You know, type of deal. I know that was. I mean, uh, not even being there, but like being like, why? Like at the time, I didn't have shit to, li- you know, not to live for. But like, I had less to live for than like, let's just say, uh, Captain Van Camp Bowden. You know, like I had, I had issues with that. Just like, and I thought like, I don't know, he wasn't even there. You know what I mean? Like we weren't even there. But I still felt like why? Because that dude was such a, like a good dude. Um, an all-around just good human being and, and like at that time like I didn't think much of myself it, it took me a long time to really start like looking inside and seeing the value that I do have um, so I mean like I was I felt a long time like it should have you know if you know oh it should have been me you know that that whole thing but and I know like even that's got to be worse for someone who was like there for someone you know or, like drugged their buddy off and you know who was like an inch away when his buddy got took one through the chest or something like that and I mean, everybody goes through dreams differently, and I mean, it's just one of those things, man. Like, survivor's guilt's huge. I know, um, even just in the small dose I've had of it, um, it's it's enough to take you drinking. Um, I think it took me a while after, just like any bald dude with the mustache I saw, I thought it was him. Oh shit, me too. All the time, bro. All the time, uh, and I'd be like, oh, oh. And uh, so he was actually, so he, for Eddie, you don't know, he was our uh, company commander. And then he went off to a different troop and was um, killed in indirect fire. They basically landed in their, in their base where their XO was basically point of contact for the first round. Uh, the commander, him, and, and also our old first sergeant um, were their troop at that time. And, uh, Captain Van Camp made the flight to where we were at, or made the evac to where we were at, and then um, was medevaced to Germany from Delta, and I believe passed away on the flight uh, to Germany. But uh, First Sergeant Field did make it. He, I guess his ear was like hanging off of his head, and he was like, you know, in true, true OG NCO fashion was like make sure every one of my fucking dudes is on this bird before we get out of here uh, You know totally ignoring his own health and safety uh, In that you know heroic aspect like you you know, you know like a true life fucking hero You know like if there was a movie about our deployment it would have you know him in it doing that shit like they the t-wall fell on the damn talk, you know there there's command post and and those things are not light. Damn. So, you know what? Um, you know what? You know what haunts me forever about that day is, um, and um, was, and I won't say his name out loud just because uh, just out of respect for our our, our, our battle buddy there, because uh, because I I think he's still going through it. But um, they called for 
all the, you know, whenever mass, like Kazabat comes in, they call for blood types. And, um, of course, I was in the blood type. I was super pissed. And I was like, fuck, I want to go help. And then, so I was standing outside. And then uh, one of the guys from our sister platoons, I think he, he might have been, he was in blue platoon. I'll say that much. But he might have been 20 years old. But he, I remember he came walking up from the talk after giving blood. And he was fucking pale as fuck, dude. Because I think he, you know, I, I was like, I was like, you all right, dude? He's like, yeah, I saw, I saw Heavy Six, and he was just pale as shit. I'll never fucking forget his face, man. I'll never forget the way, like, like that, like that haunts me to this day. Losing camp in band camp is something, like, I, I struggled with for a long time. And I told you, Kyle, like, when I went to Africa, Eddie, when I went to Africa, like, that was the, like, I, I finally, like, let go of that pain. It, it was, it's so cheesy. It's a little cheesy, because I was, we were, uh, we went, we, we took, like, a, we had an off day during, uh, during Djibouti, we were deployed there, and we went to go swim with whale sharks. And, and, I, was, and I was doing, I was, I was, uh, I had my turn already went, my turn already came and passed to go swim with whale sharks. So I was, we were, we were, we were snorkeling, and like where I was swimming in the ocean, I looked at was like crystal clear water, and like I was like this, and I could see Captain Mankate's name on my bracelet, and something just like hit me, dude. I was just like, I think I'm ready to let this go, and I just like I let. I, I, let, I, I took my bracelet off and I, like, I watched it. I watched it like, I was like, as soon as that thing hits the ocean floor, we're done grieving and we're growing. And as soon as it hit, I was like, it just like, it felt weird because I was underwater, but I was like, I can, I, I felt like I could breathe. It was the weirdest feeling in the fucking world. And I wish everyone, I wish everyone had that feeling. I wish everyone could have that moment of clarity and like, and that's like, that's, you know, we, we, we lost it. We lost like the, the whole reason for this entire podcast was because we lost one of our best friends, uh, unfortunately, to suicide. And um, uh, one of one of his one of his family members reached out to us. Was it yesterday? Yeah, like yeah, two days ago. Yeah, and and um, and like that survivor's guilt is something I've I like I I'm still struggling through that because I, I refuse to go to the funeral because. Um, you know, it's like one of those things, like if you, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm glad Kyle was there to represent the rest of us and, and the others that went, because, because I'm, like, I'm so afraid to meet these guys in person, because if I, if I meet the gang in person, I'm going to realize he's not there, and I'm going to fucking lose my shit, and I'm going to crumble, so I'm still working through that, but this, but getting a message from uh, a close family member of his the other day, dude, I think that was... That's probably the first step of me like realizing that uh, I need to let it go. But I'm still, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you and say like it's, a, you know, I'm, that was the first step right there for me. Wow. So uh, I won't say her name because we, I mean, me and Kyle agree, we, we're not, until we have consent from his family, we're not going to say his name out loud. But uh, you know who you are. I really, I really appreciate you reaching out to us and telling me reading those words about how he was before his time, like, I felt it. Like, my wife felt it. So, sorry, dude. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Beautiful, man. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, dude, man. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, I dude. That was, uh, that was tough. <laughs> I, did, uh, I did go sorry. to the funeral. And, um, I mean, as much as I'm happy to have been there, I'm... I sometimes wish I didn't go, or at least if yeah. I had just gone the night, uh, the next day, even, and just showed up for the funeral. 
like some of the guys did on me. Me and Rooster and Butters, uh, we were there uh, that that night for the uh, for the viewing for the family viewing. We showed up. I was in contact with his sister, his other sister, uh, who's a police officer out there in Oklahoma, and um, I told her like, you know, we'll be there. We're on our way, and you know, I had no idea, but it was uh, it was an open casket and. You know, he took took one to the head and was still alive uh, for like a day or two afterwards. Um, so they tried to put it back together. Uh, it just didn't didn't look the same. You know, I, so I like for me, it's like I wish I didn't go because you know I got seen him like that, and I would have rather have just seen the casket. Um, but ultimately, I mean. I'm truly thankful I was able to make it, and and, and as far as the guilt about, and I wouldn't feel that shit at all. And I mean, I'll, 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 I've said it once; I'll say it again, man. I went for anybody else who couldn't make it, and there was no "why aren't you there" about anybody. Um, yeah. And it's it's hard. Everyone grieves their own different way, and I feel that dude with me all the time. You know, every once in a while, I'll just feel that dude, you know, saying some stupid joke in my ear or. Making fun of me for raging over losing my gloves. You remember that shit, dude? Someone yeah. took my gloves again. And then Nick was just sitting over like, you fucking idiot, dude. You know, just like, you know, I I said his name, but. Uh, yeah, man. So, yeah, that's uh, that's why we're here. Wow. We went off the deep end. Dude, <laughs> Thanks, you man. definitely did. I, I bet, we'd all be crying. Uh, it, like, a secret is crying today, but. I'm so there's I'm some, sorry, guys. Some, no, it took me nine episodes to actually cry. <laughs> there I'm, it was. I'm, I'm proud of you for expressing yourself, man, and I'm and to you as well, man. There's there's so much beauty that can be found in in being open and honest about who you are, um, who we are as veterans. We are our brothers and sisters. That's that's who we are. That's why it's so bad when one of us removes ourselves from the world. Because we are all we, like I am a piece of every single they person. They take a piece with you, ever. Yeah, and it never leaves. And thank you for expressing and sharing that, man. Uh, because and both both of you, because it it needs to be said. People need to hear this. Um, funerals are tough for me too. I I really don't do well at them. Um, I hate them. I don't. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. The one that being eight of us from the platoon, and uh, his sister asked us to carry the casket. So naturally, we definitely did. So he got. He got. At the end of the day, you know, he got carried to rest by his brothers in front of his family, uh, and we got to share some stories with his family. Uh, we got to meet his son, meet his daughter, who just had a kid. I mean, my our sons have the same birthday, dude. Like it's that dude's connected to me for fucking life, man. Like, and and you know, in and uh, in, on a like, it doesn't surprise me that you went because like, uh, like Eddie, like this is. I mean, I'm pretty sure you already know Kyle's a fucking awesome, like Kyle's an awesome fucking dude. But this is like a testament to who Kyle Turner is. And like my 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 brothers are like when I got married I didn't tell fucking I I thought I did but apparently I didn't tell a soul or I told one person that I was getting married on July July uh, July first two thousand ten 
And because me and my wife were supposed to go renew her license, and right across the street was the court annex office. And we were just like, hey, fuck it, let's just go get married today. Let's not wait till after deployment. And so we just went. I think I texted one person. Dude, Kyle brought the entire platoon within an hour. And we I was like, there. what the fuck y'all doing here? Like, yeah, like eight or nine of us at least. Yeah. So you it's just like, think like, you're doing this without us? Dude, no. <laughs> so, so it doesn't, like, 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 yeah, it doesn't surprise me that you, that you showed up. It like it would have surprised me if you didn't show up. So like, it's a and test it's like Eddie said more. earlier, it's it's the that the gift of time. Uh, and you know, I said it in a in a oh. podcast in an episode earlier. Um, I say the same thing. I say it a little differently. Uh, is you give the presence of your presence. Uh, and I think you know that's like the most beautiful thing you can do for someone. I'm not gonna buy you no fancy gifts for your birthday. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm just not. I'm not. I've never been like that. I never had money. I never. I never a gift giver. What I can do is give you the one thing in this world I can't get back. And if I truly care about you, I'm gonna try to do that as much as possible. And that's just how I want to spend the rest of my life. I mean, regardless of where I was before, I know where I'm at now, and I know where I want to be. And that's truly what the fuck is gonna happen. You know, because I'm not stopping until it happens. I'm not stopping until me. Until the three of us are sitting on a beach somewhere with our families, just cheersing like to a good year of podcasting and, and to many, many more coming, and, and to all the people we helped along the way, man. And I want to, I want to start events, and I want to build as many bridges as possible, dude. And like get people up here, like let's go hunting. I got a cousin, or my wife's cousin's husband. I know it's a lot, but he's one of the top guides, top hunting guides in the state. Uh, over western side so I mean he's big and uh, they go into Montana and they pull in some some big game and they do some true true pack them in pack them out like seven eight day hunting trips you know so we can get some guys together and, and you know do that that'd be awesome uh, to start or I mean shit even anything man anything we pick a state and just have a camp out and then just make money for pick an organization you know that's uh, I think there is one I mean I do want to wrap up here shortly, so we'll go ahead and finish it with, um, ah, fuck, man. This such a good show, this one. I just, I just want to say <laughs> just, something before we, we wrap up this little piece right here. Dude, yeah. You both, you both need to give yourself some grace um, when, it, when it comes to dealing with uh, the things you've experienced, right, with your brother. And, and I say that directly because... How beautiful is it that you're keeping him alive, his memory alive? He is going to have an impact on so many others through your episodes here. And you deserve to forgive yourself, even if it's only a little bit. You deserve to forgive yourself for whatever happened because you can, you didn't, you can only control what you can control. And yeah. you didn't shoot it, man. You didn't, you didn't send that bullet. Uh, you're, and and the, beauty, the beauty that you're creating right here is gonna impact others on his behalf. So keep rocking, man. For real, keep rocking. You're doing a beautiful thing here, and I can't wait to see how this grows and 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 the different people who have you have on next. Like I'm always excited. Who? Oh, what's next? You know, I never. There's no limit to this thing, impacting others. There's no limit to impacting others. There's no limit to helping others through tough times in their life. This episode specifically can help others because you're talking about something that people will not talk about. Survivor's guilt is huge. I have a buddy with, who's with his teams for 20 years. Um, went contracting afterwards. Uh, 
things happen. Not going to talk about it because very, 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 very not good to talk about things like this. I'm not going to name him because right. um, he's he's uh, incognito. He, he, he doesn't have an anonymous. Uh, he's anonymous about all the things he does, unfortunately. Um, but he lost two of his best friends just recently, and he's, he's having to deal with that. And um, mm. it's beautiful how he's looking at it, and he's trying to, to work through it for them because they deserve – everyone in your life right now deserves to have a full version of yourself, and feeling bad about what you did or didn't do is, is, is doing yourself a disservice. You deserve to be – you love yourself, brother, for real, both of you. Love yourselves, and, and thank you. Thank you for talking about it because it's going to help others. It, need, it needs to be talked about. Thank you. Please, I'm so thankful for. I, I would not rather be anywhere else but where the fuck I am right now, hearing you express what you just expressed, because it needs to be brought up. Thank you. I appreciate Thanks, that. Dude. You know, it's uh, you know, and, and we. I think we kind of touched on it earlier too about like you know all the different twists and turns in life that could have not brought us to right where we're at. Like if you had decided to stay in the Navy, if I didn't smoke a joint with my ex-wife on Christmas, if, you know, if, 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 but you know what, dude, if ifs were fifths, we'd all be drunk. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. But it we is now. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, uh, dude, it's, it's like the, uh, it's like the, um, the farmer I mentioned, the farmer and his son in the episode prior, you know, that Shia LaBeouf mentioned in uh, yes. the Real Ones podcast, you know, it's just, yes. can't call it, you know, can't it's, call it. it's, as for life is, you know, today could be one of those, uh, I'm not even going to say bad days anymore ever again, dude, I wrote character it down, building character days. building days. Oh, I wrote it down too, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that is, bad day equals character building cool days. I'll send you the video. It was less brown, way, way smarter man than I will ever be. Uh, said, don't say you're having a bad day. Say you're having a character building day. And I'll send you the video because if you if you watch this video, it's going to cause some serious emotions in you. It um, And there's one thing I left out that got me through. I feel like I, I was going to commit suicide, man. Um, like I was there. Knife in hand. Didn't want anything else. I, th this is my life. I went from that to this. I'll never drive an aircraft carrier again. I'll never do some stupid shit with my friends when I know I shouldn't because I think I'm invincible because I'm 21 and dumb. Motivational videos have played a critical role in my fit time in the gym. If I'm in the gym, I don't listen to music. I listen to motivational videos. One's directed towards fitness with powerful messages behind them. So Machiavelli motivation. If you're in the gym, listen to Machiavelli motivation or Nick Vision motivation or something or Motivation University or Motiversity or whatever the fuck. Do something. The, um, there's a lot of different types of fitness, physical fitness, right? Um, how, how do you exercise? Do you stretch? How often do you have sex? You know, all these things, they play a critical role in your life. Um, there's emotional fitness. Do you cry? Are you comfortable crying? Do you cry in front of others? Does that make you feel uncomfortable? Why do you feel uncomfortable? Are you insecure about who you are? Love yourself. And that's where it comes to the mental health portion, right? Mental fitness. How do I think throughout the day? Am I always down? Do I, do I appreciate the tough, shitty times in my life so I can have the highs? Um, another one um, is spiritual health. Am I ready to die right now? What? Oh, who have I not told who I, lo I love them, right? Like I can tell you, I've never met you both. I love who you both are. You guys are great human beings. Who, like, I love you too, I, man. Often, man. Who have I not told who I love? Who have I not told? That's a prop. 
I, I seek it. I seek telling others that they are loved because we don't have to be in love with somebody to give love to somebody. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So that takes the, the weird part about it away. <laughs> Wait, so we're not going to snuggle when we meet up? No, we're, I don't think we're snuggling, man, but I'll tell you what. You can oh, get a hug. Well. And uh, if you're uh, crying, well, don't be weirded out you. when you see me and Bouton snuggling because tanks are a lot smaller than aircraft carriers. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> and that's and um, the last one, the last one is um, a fitness, the one that doesn't get talked about on any of these channels. Violence fitness. Are you comfortable being good at violence? Are you scared of violence? Does violence scare you? Why? Investigate that because it's probably tied into those other fitness portions. Uh, be, mm. I'd rather be a warrior in a gardener in a garden than a gardener in a war, ever. So every day you will see me do Shit. something violent related. I will be practicing with my guns. I will be practicing speed, surprise, violence, action, uh, CQB, clearing houses. I didn't learn this shit from the Navy. I learned it because I I like sought out learning from people like Sheepdog Response, um, police activity, so I can watch what bad shootings look like the cops do regularly and good shootings and how not to get them confused. Learning when not to shoot with active self-protection with John. John's a great guy. Spending time investing in jujitsu with, uh, you know, practicing not using guns as a tool all the time because um, you have to be a cowardice individual to only use a death-dealing weapon in every altercation. So that yeah. is another form of fitness as well. And so those things are have been a critical role of me transitioning out and into my veteran outreach and the work that I do with others to help others know that they're not alone. They don't need to commit suicide to feel better. You're not, you're, you might feel worse. I had a friend, Tony Dayton, had him on my episode, you all should have him on yours. He shot himself when he was in, uh, at, in a war zone. He shot himself with an M16, suicide attempt. The second he did it, he didn't want to do it anymore. He's still here today and he's sharing his message of positivity, of life after service, that you, when you pull off the uniform, you don't have to be over. And that is a huge role of what Merging Veterans and Players does over here. So Nate Boyer put together a movie about his experience creating this, this thing. So he said, what do we have in common with athletes? People who take off their military uniform. What do they have in common? Every yeah. time your uniform comes off or your, uh, your, your jersey comes off, who the fuck are you without it? That's a serious question. A lot of people don't Ooh. know. What if you get injured? What if you're Lofa Tutupu and you tear your shoulder playing for the Seahawks? Who are you afterwards? Um, I, I can bring up a bunch of names. I don't want anyone to feel targeted, but um, it's essential to find out who we are after that. So Merging, Merging Veterans and Players, MVP, is an organization that I'm a part of over here. I'm one of their members, and as a member, I show up every Thursday that I can. Uh, it's a peer-to-peer -peer support group. So in my free time, when I'm, I have to have some form of support. We cannot win any firefights alone. We cannot. We don't. We don't get medevaced alone. We don't run a marathon alone. Somebody's organizing that shit. Uh, we don't do anything alone. We don't even do the dishes alone. Somebody's controlling our water that comes into the house. I have a team of people who I can reach out to at any moment at, a, at the tip of my fingers on my phone when I'm going through a tough time, when I need support, when I'm nervous about a mechanics exam that I've been studying, working towards for six years, and I, I'm, I really have really bad dyslexia and TBIs, and my brain doesn't work the way it's supposed to, and reading words hurts my brain literally. So now I have to take a two-hour, four-hour exam with 160 questions about all the shit that I learned years ago. They were there for me, helped me through the anxiety moments. When my brother, when I found out my brother was killed in a, in a DUI car crash, they were there for me. 
when I was dealing with struggles with who I am in my relationship, I'm a bad person because I, I, uh, I'm feeling pain and I'm not dealing with it properly. I want to commit suicide. They were there for me, just like my wife was there for me. Um, veterans do have support out there. Active duty sailors, soldiers, Marines, whatever they call the people of the Air Force uh, and those Coasties. <laughs> you know, we have people out there that care about us and all yes. that's stopping us is reaching out to these resources. So I, I do encourage anybody who needs help resources to reach out to the people who run this podcast or myself. Let's get you connected with resources and, and create environment for you. You know, please do don't, don't feel alone. You're never alone. Never, never There's way too many people on this earth. Just walk to your neighbor's house and be like, Hey man, I need to talk right now. He's going to be like, what did my dog do? And it's like, no, I just want to talk. Right. Talk to somebody. Fucking okay, A. Don't don't do pissed. it. Don't pass the pain. Don't do it. No. Talk to yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, dude. Fuck. I, I, Eddie, I really, I, that was, um, that was a lot. I, I really appreciate you coming on today and like, and I wouldn't miss sharing, it. Nowhere else I would share, rather be right now than this. Sharing, sharing your story for one, sharing your insight and, um, uh, and, and, and just all the, yeah, all the insight you gave about, about, you know, uh, transition and mental health. I think that stuff's very important. Uh, we, we, you know, we, we try to, we try, well, we try to tell, every, you know, every time we, I post something, we, I try to say, you know, you're not alone because that's the truth, dude. And I, I'm, I'm, I love that analogy you gave. I'm going to cut that up and I'm going to blast that over all over social media about the fact, because I haven't been able to put into words of like, you know, uh, you know, in the military, you weren't alone. Why should you be alone post uniform? Because that's like what that that shouldn't be a thing. That shouldn't be a thing. Ever. There's so many more vet. There's more veterans than there are active duty. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, there's more people out here that have served than are serving. Yeah. Exactly. You know, we're, <laughs> yes, know. brother. A hundred percent. I mean, there's no reason why we should not be on the same team. Yes, man. Yeah. Y'all and y'all do bring it up a lot. You know, there's um. There's a bunch of people who I'd love to to connect you with to um, as far as episode guests because absolutely send they them, send they, them they would love to get with you and, and talk with you and collab because there's something over here on our side that Josh Wielded my brother started called P and W Vets and that's um, there's hundreds hundreds of people all up and down P and W who are veterans veteran service organizations veteran families gold star mothers. Holy shit. Ooh. Great human beings who didn't know that these resources were here. I didn't know that I had an advocate who was waiting for me. Lucas, my, my wounded warrior advocate, who was waiting for me to send him my information so he can help me get my disability. I didn't know that that existed. I thought that I was just a pussy if I, if I filed for it because I, I don't have any bullet fragments in me, but my scars aren't seen on my skin. Exactly. Um, and and it, it, it's a shame. It's a shame that I was made to feel and have felt for a lot of time that I, I couldn't find resources. There are plenty of resources, so I'll connect you oh, with them everywhere. And, and we'll uh, maybe we'll start a Midwest uh, Midwest bets or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm all about it, dude. I'm all about right? it. And he's in South Carolina, so I mean we can go coast to coast on this bad boy. Uh -huh. There's no reason why we can't get huge. You know what I mean? If they stop, I'm the kind of guy too. The same thing. So you can ask Bowden. Like I'll get idea at two in the morning. And he'll probably just be like, ding, like, oh, there's fucking Kyle texting me some bullshit. <laughs> but then, like, it's usually a good idea, or like, like the last one, and the, which I wanted to kind of close off on earlier, 
and um, so we do have a shirt sale going on right now. Um, we had talked, I know you had talked about like nonprofits and stuff like that, and we just hadn't really decided where we wanted to go with the profits with the shirts. So um, Captain Van Camp, our commander, there is actually a, I reached out today, I haven't heard anything back, um, but I'm hoping to maybe cut this up and send it to him also. But there is a, uh, it's called Remembering, I think it's called Remembering David Van Camp or, yeah, yeah that's it, right? Um, yeah. And I just I saw it today as I was scrolling through like they they sponsored like a bench at a, a park where he's from and stuff like that and there's a flag at a baseball field it's like a whole park but you know like that was that's just it stuck out to me today it's like there it is you know I found it so um, we're gonna be all proceeds like a hundred percent of everything we profit off the shirts are gonna be going um, to that foundation. Um, and it feels great to actually have a reason to buy some shirts for me because I was just like, I was just buying them because I want them. But now I'm like, man, I, I actually have a reason to buy them because I, you know, it's for something. It's for a cause. It's not just like us selling shirts, you know, it's us, you know, helping, you know, kids in his neighborhood learn how to play baseball or something. You know, I just don't know anything around here to do it. And that just seemed like the one. So. We're gonna we're gonna raise some money for that. Hopefully, uh, shirt presale going on till April twenty sixth. Facebook has the deets. We got the sheets, <laughs> the shirts. You know what I mean. Um, but anyways, <laughs> man, this was an absolute blast. Um, we pretty much doubled our normal episode time, but you know what? I don't care. Yeah. Uh, there's only about Spotify says there's only about three people listening to per episode right now. Anyway, so I oh, think that's wait. a lie. You I wait. think there's got to be way more. Twenty four hours. <laughs> well hell yeah man like, like again man we uh we truly appreciate you you know coming in and, and hanging out with us uh little guys the little podcasts and We're helping us get podcasts. there man uh, and, and and helping us share the message man and uh hopefully you know we can all become one big happy podcast family like you said dude. like spread this thing out and like really 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 uh and really do what we can to help inspire change in uh, yeah. people's lives man uh so with that being said, uh, I would like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, if you made it this far, I think name game was Yao Ming last. So that'd be an M to you. Do you have you ever played the name game? You, you know you're familiar with the rules. No. No. So I said Yao Ming about and you got you got to go. So you the first name. Or the, the first letter of the first name has to start with the first letter of the last name that he says, and it's a sports figure. So I started with Christy Yamaguchi, right? And then Yao Ming was the next one. So it's M to Bowden. And sports figures, right? Sports figures, only sports figures, real life human beings. Oh, my God. era. Oh! Jordan. JU. <laughs> JU and then we're calling it a night. So yeah, any any sports figure starts with a J. First name J. Jarrell Benton. He's a professional bodybuilder out of our P and W. Oh, nailed it! Yeah. <laughs> name drop too. So that's in case you were wondering uh, for next week, that would be a B. And we're gonna keep this thing going. You guys failed me in the chat last time, so that's a B to you. Comments are welcome. All right, I'm gonna put it back up and. Uh, Again, man, thank you all for coming. Thank you, Eddie, for hanging out with us. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I want to do is just, you know, hang on. If I can find the button, I'll find the button. 
This is for everybody. Just for the man. We, we, we love you guys.